When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I still don't know like what I'm really doing with this podcast, so I just, I just, oops, shit, I just, uh, I just screen record, and then it records the obviously the microphone of the laptop records my voice, and then it it records the audio coming from the speakers back into it, so it's like instant downgrade, but yeah, I I wish I could wear headphones, but then I can't get the audio coming out. I need to figure out like software or some shit. Actually, for everyone listening, no one know, knows who the fuck I'm talking to yet. So why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? I'm Sean. I am a skydiving instructor. Um, I don't know what more do you want, man. <laughs> that's I mean, shit, dude. That's better than that's better than 99 percent of shit of sh- people. I can't even talk this morning. We're both we're both going slow. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, dude. So. Yeah, I don't even... Actually, I do want to touch back on it. Yeah, I need to figure out the audio, man. I've heard... Some people have told me I need to get, like, Discord. Because they said I can, like, rip the audio directly from that. So it, like... So I literally get, like, the audio from the program, not through my speakers back into the microphone. But the way I look at it is, like... Right now, it's pretty easy. Like, my whole podcast is, like, a pretty easy selling point to, like, get guests on. It's just... You don't have to prepare anything. Yeah. Just, just get Skype. Can, can you hold a conversation? Just, yep. Don't say racist slurs to get my like uh, my thing canceled. We're Gucci, like you know. Let's go. And but if I have to start telling people like, hey, can you download Discord too? We got to sync it up. I feel like I'm instantly gonna bottleneck the number of people I can get on this. So yes, Skype. Everybody has it. It was yeah. actually pre-installed on my laptop, and I haven't even used it in years. So yeah. it was actually pretty convenient. Yeah. Yeah, most people are like, dude, I haven't used Skype in like 10 years. I'm like, dude, no one has. It's fine. I, uh, yeah, when I logged, I started this podcast in December of last year. I literally logged on. It was like, last login, like November 5, 2011. And I was like, sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, that was about the same thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, what the fuck was I doing then? <coughs> um, I've noticed when I like, look over my podcast, I can always see the reflection. And I always feel yep. weird for guests because I'm like, I feel like they're just looking at me like a guy with just glowing eyes, but I can't see jack shit. So please excuse oh, me. You're one of those that's blind as shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one, I'm one of those inferiors. I'm one of those. Uh, uh, yeah. My genetics somehow filtered through through the eons of time. That's one thing I've wondered, man. As someone, I got a biology degree in 2013. I graduated from the University of Georgia. I got into medical school. I was all about that. Decided not to do it. But one thing I always wondered, while I'd be sitting there at class in Athens, Georgia, at the back of a goddamn auditorium with like 300 people, and I'd have to have my glasses on to take notes, I'd always wonder, like, how did how did this not get wiped out in natural selection? Like, Well, I do know somebody that was trying to selectively breed out some inferior people, but that's neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had... He had facial hair like you, just minus the beard and yeah, right, right here. there. Can't uh-huh. remember. Can't remember his name, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've but I've always wondered that. Like, how the fuck? Like, you think of Sound everything. Of binoculars that, in the back, just staring forward. Well, yeah. Well, you gotta think. Well, the, how did that get through though? Like, <laughs> I mean, really. I, I mean, 
how did that get through like the plains of Africa? Like hunting with spears. <coughs> like some some shit you can see how it slips through, like colorblindness. Like, yeah, sure, alright. As long as you like kill enough tigers and fuck enough women, your genes are gonna go on. But the dude that can't see, like <laughs> like I I just don't but I get that I got through, but fuck all that dude. Let's talk about skydiving. I've never done right, it. What, what what you got? What what got you into it, man? Aside from just the enticement of <clears throat> jumping out of an airplane, like. Um, so people actually ask me all the time um, why I started skydiving, and I don't really have a good answer for them. Besides, I get bored easily. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, they don't usually like to hear it because it's their first time, and you know they're strapped to me. I'm a stranger. I'm gonna try and not kill them. But yeah. I'm like, honestly, if it couldn't potentially kill me, not interested. Yeah. <laughs> I like the dance with death, dude. Yeah. I I get it. I I mean, like, I don't because I haven't done it, but I absolutely get it, man. Like, it's yeah, it's if it's not exhilarating, it's not you know. And it made well, here's the thing. The first time, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. After that, you're chasing the dragon. So, As with all good things. Yes. Honestly, a cocaine habit is probably cheaper. But um, <laughs> that's what we tell everybody. Yeah. So my first time, little backstory. Yeah. Uh, 2012, I was in the military. I was temporarily stationed down in the panhandle of Florida, not far from where I am now. I'm in Pensacola right mm -hmm. now. Um, I was stationed over near Destin at Eglin Air Force Base doing EOD training, uh, which, if you don't know what that is, disarming yeah, bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, if shit. It can't, if it can't kill me, I'm not really that interested. Is that... Uh, that... No, sorry, that was my alarm I had set. One second, let me turn uh, that No, I had, a, I had an alarm set for this, too, so I didn't... Like like you, man, I'm fucking ADD. I'll be walking around. I'll be like, okay, I don't have a podcast for two hours. I'm good. And I'll, I'll look up and be like, oh, fuck, I have a podcast in 30 seconds. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Uh, so I was stationed down here in 2012, okay. and one weekend I had gotten tired of going to the beach with all the my buddies. I mm -hmm. just wanted to get hammer drunk. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I did it one or two times as well. But yeah. I was like, hey man, y'all want to go skydiving? And I only got one person to go with me, and so we found a place in Titusville, Florida, which is near the Kennedy Space Center. You can actually see the launch platform in freefall. Oh damn. And we went. 19,000 foot jump, which is one of the higher jumps you can do in the U.S. And well, of course, I did a tandem how, how for my high first was it? one. And for people that don't know, a tandem is where you have an instructor strapped to you. Yeah. How high was it? 18,000 feet. 18, all right. So about three and a half miles. Yeah. So we went out there, and the first day we went to jump, the wind was too unreasonably high, and so we had to wait another day. Uh, second day rolls around, we go up there. We go jump, and I damn near pulled that instructor out of the plane with me. I was super excited for it. And uh, so, yeah, man. And what was funny is I'm a short guy, like five foot six, and the instructor I had was this like six foot six South African guy. So I was more or less just like a fanny pack on yeah, him. Yeah. And um, so it was a good jump and everything. Uh, everything went from a skydiving standpoint uneventfully. Had some fun, and I got down. I was like, you know what? I, that was fun, but that was not as exciting as I thought mm. skydiving would be. And I kind of wrote it off as like, you know, I checked that box. Okay. Uh, moving on. And then I got stationed in Savannah, Georgia about a year later, and I had all this time to myself, and I had some spare money, and I was I was bored. Mm. I was understimulated. I needed some sort of challenge. And I was like, you know what? Learning to skydive sounds like a great idea. And uh, the rest was kind of history. I started skydiving actively in 2013, got my first license in 2013. 
Uh, fast forward a couple years, 2016, I got out of the military, got the highest license I could in skydiving, got my tandem instructor's rating so I could strap people to the front of me and roll out of the plane, got my accelerated freefall instructor rating so I could teach new guys how to fly, worked full-time in skydiving five to six days a week once I moved to Texas uh, for two years. I was working just outside of Austin, Texas. Um, took an overseas job in Abu Dhabi back oh, in 2018. Oh, and so... Backstory, one of the other reasons why I wanted to start skydiving was I had seen some videos of people flying wingsuits down mountains, the real close guys that kind of go in and out of the valleys. And then I had seen some pictures of people flying wingsuits over the Palm Island in Dubai. Yeah. And so that was one of my goals is I wanted to fly a wingsuit over the Palm Island in Dubai. So January something last year, I flew my wingsuit over the Palm Island in Dubai. <laughs> Holy shit. And if you give me a second, I'll pull up the picture on my phone oh, and hold it up to the camera. But I had kind of accomplished one of my goals. And so when I did that, I kind of just thought, well, that's done. Now what? What next? Yeah. And I, I took about a 10 or 11 month hiatus from skydiving to be completely honest uh-huh. I, I mean i moved and life changed and everything and it kind of took a back burner and i had jumped so much that i kind of got burned out a little bit i've done 18 jumps in one day which is physically mentally emotionally exhausting um where is this damn picture oh, found it hold on gotta turn it sideways yeah let's see it see how well that shows up uh Oh yeah, you can see it. No, I can see uh, there it. There we go. I can see it. That's it, fucking nuts. It, what is that? The palm. It's glaring off shit. I'm trying. No, to I can. No, I, I can see it. The palm. Is it the palm Jumeirah? Is that the name of it? Yes. I, the palm I, I, Jumeirah. There yeah. are two palms, by the way. If you don't yeah. know, there's the palm Jumeirah and the palm Jebel Ali. Well, they're also built. I used to be obsessed with architecture. I remember. I remember in like 2004. Said you're Savannah. I I lived in Atlanta for like 17 yep. years. I went to University of Georgia, and I have family in Austin. But um. Yeah, I remember I used to be obsessed with, like, skyscrapers. <clears throat> and I would say architecture, but that sounds a lot more intelligent. Like, no, I just liked the really, hey, how much taller can it go? But, yeah, I remember yeah. I remember watching, literally, like, online, like, watching the construction of the Burj Khalifa, watching the, yeah, Palm Jumeirah, Palm Jebel Ali, and what is it, the Palm World? What's the other one? The World? Uh, the World Islands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Dubai's fucking nuts. But I was going to say, what's that, um... Yeah, the one video of of uh, I recognize from wingsuiting is I mean I remember hearing about like Andy Stump talk about it on Joe Rogan, but years before that, who's the guy? He, he goes down <laughs> the map. Orless. Yep, there, there, there we go. Yeah, 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 that's the one I remember. Well, the thing is, I, what I remember is because I remember watching a documentary with him before I'd ever watched any videos of his, his, and I didn't know what he had done. And I remember I was just kind of in like a bad spot in my life, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. This is, I got out of college in 2013, got into medical school. Didn't know what to do once I got in. It was like I had accomplished the thing. It took four years to do it, sacrificed everything. Once I got in, I was like, how much did I want to do that? And how much did I just like chasing a goal, chasing the yeah. dragon, having the almighty thing on the on the top of Mount Everest? So I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. A couple months after I graduated, I lost my oldest sibling to suicide and was like, then I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I remember watching Jeb Corliss because I was kind of going down in like a dark hole. And what what made him catch my eye or ear was, I remember him talking. But people were like, "What? How'd you get into wingsuiting?" And like before that, he did base jumping, yeah. and it was just him talking. And they like interviewed his dad, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember walking with Jeb, and he was just like, I'm so depressed, but not like sad. He was like, I'm just bored. He was like, yeah. I don't. He was like, 
He was like, you know, normally if you fail out of everything, it's like, well, you got to go work at McDonald's. And he's like, well, no, you go work at McDonald's because you have to get a job and get food. But he's like, that only works if you fear death. He was like, I don't fear death. Like, so I'm not going to, there's no drive to push me to a Kmart job. So he's like, then I thought about base jumping. It's exhilarating. And if I die, I get what I want anyway. And if I don't die, I get to do insane shit. And I only get to do what I like. And he was like, it's a win-win for me. And his dad's like, I remember walking with him. He was just a kid. And I was like, what am I going to do with him? But yeah, no, that's that's what made me kind of, again, I've never done anything related to it. But that's, I mean, that's kind of what made me go out and, and start this podcast a couple months ago is I was just, I, it's like you said, it's chasing the dragon. And it's, it's probably going to raise an eyebrow. Like, how the fuck are you going to tie this into skydiving? But to me, it's like, if it's not, like you said, if it's not, if it can't potentially kill me, like turning down school and trying to start a podcast is like, there's a huge margin of, for failure. Absolutely. And to me, that, and to me, that is exhilarating. <clears throat> All my friends are married with kids and have homes and I live at home and I'm doing a podcast about my parents' garage. Like to me, that's fucking exhilarating. Rock on, man. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. And it, it, you know, don't need to disclose personal information but it has almost killed me on a couple occasions <laughs> literally almost killed me but yeah dude it's so it was there any of that not just to there's a method to my madness is there any of that was it so much boredom or was it also you know was there any depression or anything was it the the, the brush with death that was just sort of makes you feel alive <clears throat> or are you just like no tommy you're fucking crazy no <laughs> you know i just like jumping so um i do just like jumping and people the problem with skydiving is people fear things that they do not understand yeah uh skydiving has been sensationalized as this very extreme and dangerous sport uh that kills people left and right and like you'll be lucky to get out of it alive or uninjured but the fact of the matter is safety is our number one concern mm-hmm. um and most people just don't realize how much goes on behind the scenes for safety reasons. Mm. For example, I this past weekend, I just hit 2,300 plus jumps, okay? About f- mid 1,400s of those are tandems with somebody strapped to me, meaning for the entire skydive, I had somebody strapped on the front, likely fighting back the whole time. Wait, wait uh, they fight back? Oh man, some people just don't fall good. <laughs> some people, some people go out like a cat in a bucket of water, just just, just clawing for everything. Some people I've seen them literally swimming below me. Some people I've seen them just freeze up. Really, anything and everything can happen. Yeah. But even despite all of that, in twenty three hundred jumps, I the only time I have injured myself was I tripped on my own damn feet on a landing one time and rolled my ankle. But that was really just me. Okay. Um. That was just me being stupid and bold and trying to do something like, hey, watch this. Um, and the only time I've ever actually injured someone on a tandem was um, she was French and she was a little bit overweight and she didn't quite listen to me when I said lift your legs up for the landing so I don't trip on you. Yeah. And I – can I curse on this? Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely, dude. Fuck that chick. <laughs> 
I fucking surfed her face across the ground so hard because once she tripped me, I'm on the back. My momentum starts going and I have nothing to stop it. Yeah. And so I just fucking surfed her about 10 or 15 feet like hardcore. And I had a helmet on, so I headbutted her in the process and everything. She was okay. She was yeah. a little scraped up and I think it like bruised her knee or something like that. Yeah. But other than that, never injured anyone either. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't... It's actually a lot safer than people think it is. Um, and 2300 skydives. So we have two parachutes for those that don't know. Per the letter of the law, uh, the FAA are, are mainly the ones that make all the laws for that. It's Federal Aviation Administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've nicknamed it the Friendly Aviation Administration because they're not unhappy, or they're not happy unless you're unhappy. Uh, they make all the rules for, yeah, for, for anything aviation related. But the letter of the law states that you must have one more parachute than you intend to use. Okay. Now, they say it that way. Two is because, one, one is none. Well, because sometimes during demonstrations and stuff, people do intentional cutaways. And a, a cutaway is when you get rid of a parachute. Okay. So people might go up for a demonstration and cut away a parachute, go back into free fall, and then deploy another parachute. Well, when you do an intentional cutaway, you have the parachute you intend to cut away, you have the main parachute that you intend to use, and then you have the spare one you don't intend to use. So three total. Mm-hmm. So... That's why it's written Wait. that way. We always have two parachutes, the main parachute and the reserve parachute. But you don't have three. I thought you just said... No, for intentional cutaways, you have three. Okay. That's why I said they, they were vague when they said you must have one more than you intend to use. Yeah, okay. On a normal okay. skydive, I okay. intend to use one, so I have two. Okay. okay. Now, in 2,300 skydives over the span of coming up on eight years now, I've had to use a reserve parachute one time. Okay. And in I, the same amount of time that I've been skydiving, I have had three flat tires in my car. So flat tires are more of a daily concern for me yeah. than bad parachutes. They're well, actually pretty reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And Andy Stumpf said that. <clears throat> he was talking about he was like he was like the he was like the equipment does not fail. It doesn't. It's the user that fails. Yeah, he was like he's like people fail. People die. He was like He's like, he's like, there's even he talked about. It, he's like, there are multiple times where I, you know, <clears throat> hiked up an entire mountain, and I just kind of gauged the weather, the wind, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna die if I do this. And he's like, and it sucks. You walk back down, but he's yep. just like, he's like, how many people have I seen just hit the side of a cliff? And it sounds like, it sounds like raw hamburger meat being dropped from like shoulder height on a sidewalk. <laughs> you know, just that. He's like, yep. it's not. He was like. He's like, I don't get my kicks from that. He was like, and you know, and he has a kid. But he was like, he was like, yeah. He's like, you know what's more dangerous for me? He's like, it's not skydiving or wingsuiting. It's when I land and get in my car and drive home, and then you see, you know, Billy Bob on the highway in an F six fifty, you know, fifteen tons of metal full of gasoline, and yep. and you know, and he's he's got he's on Snapchat and he's kind of <clears> swerving <throat> back and forth. That motherfucker is yep. gonna kill you. He's like, not the free fall. Now, nope. I heard a pilot talk about that once. He's like, you know, I'd much rather be, I'd much <clears throat> rather be a pilot than, than um, than pilot than being, uh, I guess, a conductor of like a a maglev train. Someone was like, why? Like the train's on a track. Like, you know, you can't deviate from it. He was like, if something happens on the train and you're doing 600 miles an hour, you're not even gonna, your eyelids not even gonna get a full blink before you're pulverized. He was like, you're in a plane and something happens and you're going 600 miles an hour. You got, you got like 10 minutes 
to go, what's going on? You can have your adrenaline spike. You can get out the manual, air traffic control. We have this. We got to go through this. We got to, it's like, you can, and even then he's like, if all else fails, he's like, you can still like crash land it. He was like, yeah. And yeah, man, that's, or it's like, yeah, people, when they like touch down, they, oh, we touched down. It's like, dude, the, 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 yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah. The most dangerous part is touching. And this is from someone that I used to hate flying. And then one day it dawned on me. I was like, Man, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I realized I was like, how many times have like not even like other drivers? How many times have I been like trying to switch the song on YouTube? Let me just, let me just. All right, let me just. Okay, okay, okay. You know, not telling anyone about that. Like, how many times have I almost put my front teeth in someone's bumper? Like, you know, it's it's not the same. Here's a fun thing to think about. I have twenty three hundred more takeoffs in an airplane than landings. Jesus Christ, dude! What do you think of? So, like, yeah, if you can't tell, there's no, there's no structure to this podcast. It's just bullshitting. Would Don't you? Give a shit. Good, awesome, perfect. I love you. You're a perfect guest. I hate when people are like, "Can you give me like an outline?" And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, do you have a pulse? Like, we're fucking... just gonna shoot the shit. I mean, that's exactly. all I do. The drop zone, anyways. Exactly. So. That's what anyone does anywhere. That's my logic. Is like, you don't go up to strangers with scripted questions. So no. like, why the fuck would I do that? <clears throat> I didn't know you before. Yeah, for everyone listening, I don't fucking know you. You're just you're, we're doing this. I, I did you even say your name? No, oh, Sean. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sean. I'm Tommy. Yeah. Now what? How, would you ever do something like uh, like that Red Bull jump from space? Or is that just like a different thing entirely? Is it? Oh, not... fucking sign me up if you're paying for it. Yeah, the feel. I, absolutely, I would. Felix was Baumgart. Baumgartner. Yeah. 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 So he he made the here he did that record in 2012, wasn't it, wasn't I think. It broken. And it was broken by some fucking Google nerd in like yeah. 2013. Yeah, some Google exec was just like, "Take me up, we're going higher." Like. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. Um, Fact check me later on on this, but oh, we don't do uh, fact checking here. We just all right, cool. We just do, so, we just perpetuate lies. <laughs> so just swagging this off my head because I haven't looked at it in a while. Felix Bumgarner actually did free fall, um, and and here's why I say that. When he went out, he was just straight up him in a suit. He passed the sound barrier, mm-hmm. broke the sound barrier in free fall, oh, which I, I think is pretty fucking. I cool. didn't I didn't know that. That's crazy. Well, the air is so thin up there, there's no resistance, no. or little to no resistance. Um, and they have, if I remember right, a video using some gigantic lens, and you can see him coming out, and uh-huh. for like the first fucking minute, he was just tumbling, tumbling. and spinning it and tumbling. almost um, passed out. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I watched one of his interviews or something like that, <clears throat> and he said that when he jumped out, the instant that he did it, he thought that he got stuck in space because there was so little air up there he couldn't hear any of it going past his helmet. Uh, fuck that. And here's noise. the other reason why he was tumbling is in free fall, we kind of just use the air to stabilize ourselves and steer ourselves. Mm-hmm. There was so little air he couldn't do that up there. So that's why for like the first minute he was straight up tumbling. Now was this not like was this not like researched? Was it not like, hey, this is because it's not like we don't know what happens. This isn't the 1950s where we're like, you know, you go through the sound with Chucky Yeager's like you go through the sound barrier. Like you might die. You might be a hero or, you know, the X-15 yeah. go to space. Like we're not entirely sure what's up there. Like, hey, you, yeah, came, you came your name down. down in history. Yeah. Hey, you came down. You <laughs> lived. It's like right, yeah. more power to you. It's so it's not like there's that lack of information. Like it's so was it just 
not well they had done successive jumps from like 60,000 80,000 feet and stepped it up what was his total jump uh, hundred and twenty some thousand feet, I think. Jesus, I'm gonna look. I want to say up. it was like one twenty seven. I'm gonna look that up because that's because that that's actually cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fucking high. Yeah. Um, and I think he got about four and a half minutes of free fall, which you would think being that high it would be a little more than that. But the thing is, the air is so thin up there, and you basically accelerate so fast that you cover ground pretty quickly. Yeah, that's. So yeah, that, that that doesn't. Yeah, no, I don't. Th- I don't feel like there would be more free fall like that's insane like four and a half minutes is insane and it's pretty cool if you've seen the video he kind of steps out on the edge of this thing and his spacesuit gives like a nice little salute and then just walks off i'm like you know what sir you were badass the first though okay his his was what was it his was it was broken by a guy that did 135,000 feet yeah i'm getting there why why the fuck can't why why is it not the first thing on google Hundred and twenty eight thousand feet, okay. Hundred and twenty eight thousand. That's still insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, higher, I've higher seen job. the I've seen the image. I've like I have like some high res images that I've like I've looked at before and it's it's bad. He's in this like Apollo th- like thimble looking device up there. Yep. And it's With just a bunch him. of balloons tied to the top. Yeah, it's just him and it's it does that not remind you of just some like 1800s like you know like oh absolutely you know like the first you know the wheelie like the wheelie automobile or like those guys have you ever seen that video the guy that jumped off the eiffel tower with like wings yep. made of a bed sheet it's like 1870 yep. you know he's got like his pipe and his like stupid fucking mustache and he's like wish me well and like jumps off and just dies but oh we'll come back to homemade wingsuits in a little bit because i got a good uh, duct abso- tape story absolutely but, but yeah, uh, he, yeah, what he, he's using <coughs> this fucking steel ball up there with balloons on it, and it's like we think we're so advanced, but in reality, they're gonna be like, it's gonna be like twenty one hundred. They're gonna be like, can you believe those motherfuckers back then? And we're all just like, yeah, we're cheering, we're like, hope he doesn't die, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, Jesus. Uh, so what I was getting at was Felix Bumgardner was actually considered free fall because there was nothing that was arresting his fall. Now the Google nerd that I don't remember his name, um, he had. If I remember right, what's called the drogue parachute behind him, which is kind of something that drags behind you and stabilizes you. Mm-hmm. So that's not true technical free fall. All right, well, fuck that guy. Uh, because the reason I say that is when we do tandem skydives, um, technically, if you want to like split hairs, we're actually not in free fall, but a couple seconds. We're in what's called drogue fall. Um, so. Two people strapped together. Say you and I jump out of a plane together. Okay. You and I strapped together are not inherently aerodynamically stable. Okay, we would spin and tumble, whatever. Um, and on top of that, we would have. I assume you're a little larger than me. How, how tall are you? Dude, I'm like five eight on a good day. I'm All like, right, so we're would, about the when same you were, when you were like, I'm a short guy. I was like, dude, fuck that. Short guys rise up. <laughs> like, All right. yeah. Uh, side note: My record for taking a tandem is six foot seven and two hundred seventy-two pounds. It was like two of me. I was his fucking backpack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, Fuck, what, I was, dude. Yeah. what I was getting at, um, <clears throat> oh, I lost my train. Oh, here we Free go. Free fall tandem, aerodynamic. So the reason we also have the drogue parachute is not only for aerodynamic stability, but we would have the weight of both of us, but the surface area of you. Ah. So our terminal velocity would increase ah. and we would be fucking screaming through the air, 180, 200 miles an hour easily. And the thing is, our parachutes are not designed to open at that speed. So we have a drogue parachute to slow us down to an average speed of 
between 120, 140 miles an hour. 130 is pretty average, but it all depends on size and yeah. weight and stuff like that. Yeah. Holy shit. So. You throw out that little fucking parachute to slow you down. Drug parachute, so, yes. So what was what was the trial and error leading up to <clears> that? <throat> like in terms of like the history of free falling or skydiving, was it just like like how many guys blew up on the ground like a like a like a marinara sauce filled balloon like just like hey we got to do a different parachute because that one snaps so, off so the question is how many guys went in and so in the skydiving community whenever somebody impacts the ground in a fatal manner we call it going in going in okay yeah okay i've so, heard that before i was always just like yep. going in what what they're going in yeah they're going in yep. big like no that they, they went in okay. in the ground okay all the way. Okay. Um, I don't really know a, a ton of skydiving history on that. I do know that tandem skydiving was invented by a guy named Bill Booth. And so in Florida here, we have um, just about more drop zones than anywhere else. A lot of the manufacturers for skydiving gear are located here, and they're mainly in Deland, Florida. Um, and this guy named Bill Booth, who has a beard that's fucking like down all the way to his crotch, basically. Uh, you can find pictures and videos and everything of him online. He back in the 70s maybe i can't remember uh, decided to come up with this tandem system and he's kind of like the godfather of skydiving more or less he's still alive and everything i, I had a friend post a picture on facebook with him the other day because they stopped by one of the gear manufacturers and he was in there and gave him a special tour and everything oh, yeah. i personally have never met him but i would like to one day um, he owns the biggest manufacturer of skydiving gear uh, called UPT, United Parachute Technologies, and they make the most popular tandem skydiving system called the Sigma system. And so how it works <clears throat> with uh, skydiving tandem systems is you have to get a special rating for each one. That would be like you getting a driver's license for a Toyota Camry, Camry specifically. It's They're not all the same. Okay. Uh, but the Sigma system is by far in my opinion the best the safest system and the most widely used throughout the world and that's i'm sigma rated okay um and so that's what i have a majority of my jumps on i've got uh one or two jumps with a french system called the basic that we have at our drop zone that's just because i wanted to try it out but other than that um all of my other jumps are on sigma tandem systems mm -hmm. no so what is is there is Sigma, I don't know what, what to add. Is it, what makes it so good? Or is that just the name of the one that is now like used everywhere? Like, you know, everyone uses the Heimlich maneuver. So we call it the, it's not that it's necessarily better. It's like, it's the only one. And that's just the name. Are there like, uh, no, there are plenty more of them. Um, to keep it simple for people that don't understand it, the Sigma system. So yeah, got you, bro. Um, <laughs> So, like we discussed earlier, you go out of the plane and you throw a drogue parachute okay. for stabilization. And then whenever it's time for the parachute to come out, we release the drogue, and that drogue pulls out the main parachute in the back. Um, you can have what's called an out-of-sequence deployment with many other gear. Say you just pull the wrong handle in the wrong order, it's going to have an out-of-sequence deployment, and you're going to have a problem to deal with. Okay. Yeah. The good thing about the Sigma systems is they've designed it to where you cannot have an out of sequence deployment. Okay. Um, and so that has actually made it a lot safer. Okay. So in I'm a following. nutshell, that that's why. Okay. Now, what is, what's the highest one you can do? Like, what's the highest, like, okay, let's say you're not bringing someone, some dumbass like me. Like, let's say you're just going up like 
the yes. experienced person yourself. <clears throat> What's the highest you can go? So the highest I have personally been is about 18,000 feet. Okay. Um, anything over about 15,000 feet, you're technically supposed to have oxygen supplied. But um, if you have a fast plane, get up there pretty quick, get down pretty quick, not really an issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, um, okay, yeah, because you're in the back, right? And it's, yeah, it's not pressurized, um, right? What's that? It's not pressurized, the one you're jumping No, around. no, no, okay. because we open the fucking door. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Hard to keep pressure with a giant fucking hole in the side of the plane. Yeah, duly noted. <laughs> Yeah, um, but there are certain um, drop zones that run, I guess you could call them novelty jumps every now and then, that do like the 30 and 36,000 foot jumps, but they're very expensive. They require some training beforehand. You have a full oxygen system. You have to pre-breathe it to, uh, I think you get the nitrogen out of your blood. You have to pre-breathe for like 45 minutes or an hour or something like that. Holy shit. yeah, and like the temperatures at thirty, thirty-six thousand feet are well into the negatives, yeah. like you know, negative forty degrees. So you got to have, even if it's summertime, you get these big fucking gloves yeah, on and everything. Yeah. Um, and those jumps, the last time I checked, there was a place in California that did them uh, occasionally, and a place in I think West Tennessee skydiving run by Mike Mullins, but don't I, I don't remember if that was him or not. And they were like five hundred dollars for one solo jump. Okay. Now. Um, like for me to jump solo right now, because I have my own equipment, I pack my own parachute. I only have to pay what's called a jump ticket, which is just to haul my ass to altitude. And it's usually between 20 and $25. So a $500 jump is pretty expensive for us. Yeah. They do tandems as well. And I think those tandems were $3,000, $2,000. So like, it's kind of a novelty at that point. Like you can just buy a bunch of other skydives and have way more fun than just one long one that you got to wear a fucking coat for. Yeah. Yeah, but for uh, someone like you, that's you've you've done. What'd you say is twenty three hundred? Twenty three hundred total skydives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but for someone like you, yeah, it is a novelty. But it's also like for me, it, I haven't done it. And would I rather do that one or would I rather do, you know, fifty smaller ones? I'd rather do fifty smaller ones because it's all still relatively, you know, it would be exhilarating for me. Something yeah, like, well, the first one you're usually overcome with adrenaline anyway. Yeah, so like just, you might not remember everything. Just People act weird with adrenaline some people remember every detail some people have no recollection yeah, no so it, i've actually gotten down from jumps and i'm like hey man what'd you think about it and they're like i i don't know <laughs> like i don't i don't remember a lot of it it was just a blur yeah and i'm yeah. like well that was that was an expen- ex- <laughs> expensive blur for you buddy yeah you can do that with a ten dollar bottle of vodka yeah it's yeah. you don't have to leave the ground right? yeah yeah no, and, and it'll last fucking 12 hours and you'll wake up tomorrow buddy yeah yeah it's yeah, my now my now ex, I was living with her in like seven, eight <clears throat> years ago. But yeah, someone broke into our house while we were there. And it's yeah. the, the adrenaline of like a light flicked on in the kitchen. And it's just like the slow, like, wait, she's next to me. And I'm, and then it was just like, I literally like came to, like, that's the last thing I remember was like that realization, like, lights on, but you're next to me. And, there, and then I remember like running in the woods chasing someone. And I was in like boxers. And then, like, I remember from there until, like, the cops came and talking to him. I don't remember any... I don't remember chasing through the kitchen and jumping off, like, the second floor deck. Like, it's... Yeah, it's... Would you... Do you think you would have that adrenaline if you went up to, like, 35,000 feet to jump? No, Just I'd, it's I'd novel probably to be you? bitching because it's so fucking cold and I'm tired of sitting in the plane, to okay. be completely honest. Okay. But, but you wouldn't do it just to... Because you've done the normal jump so many times. You wouldn't do it just to... Just to fucking do it? 
if somebody paid for it, sure. But I personally just can't justify spending $500 for a slightly longer skydive because if I, if I want to increase the length of time I'm in the air, I will either go out and just deploy my parachute high right out of the plane or I'll go fly my wingsuit and turn a one-minute free fall into a three-minute free fall if I want to. Wait, you, you do wingsuits? Yes. Well, Remember, I said I wingsuited over the Palm Jumeirah. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking... Like I said, dude, I... This is the second podcast I've done that I have not jumped, that I have not worked out beforehand. Working out is, that wakes me up. Um, um, I got you. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. I brought Here, some, I'll show I, you the background on my phone. One I, second. I, I brought shame to my family. Yeah. It's, family. It's, my, my, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, dude. It's, so where do you, where do you, where do you wingsuit? Because, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah, that's me in 2015. Fuck yeah. That's insane. Uh, so, so common misconception about wingsuits. Yes, you still have a parachute. You yeah, don't yeah. land those things. Yeah. The other thing is um, you? all the wingsuiting videos that people see are down mountains and everything. That is called wingsuit-based Pro- proximity. Proximity, flying. yeah. That's the – Okay. That's if you really don't like your wife. Yeah. Five percent of wingsuiters will never do that. All, yeah. Most of us um, do it out of airplanes. Everybody starts out of an airplane. You don't just start off a cliff because I 100% guarantee my life savings that you're going to die. Okay. Um, so most of us just do it out of planes. Plus, it allows us to fly longer. And especially <clears throat> in the summertime when we get the really big, tall, puffy clouds, we love to go fly around those things because we can carve around them like mountains. And if we hit them, it's just a cloud. Oh, and you'd be, okay. Yeah, okay. you'd be amazed at how many features these tall clouds have in them. They have canyons and just edges and all sorts of stuff. And there's some really cool videos of carving around clouds and wingsuits That's online insane. that you can watch after this. So that, that, that <clears> yeah. makes me think of that poem written by um, I don't remember who, but he was a dude. He was killed in action, but he was a World War II pilot. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like you a, gotta give me more to work on than World War II pilot. World War II pilot who died. Come on, man! You don't know exactly who I'm talking about. Tough fucking crap. Yeah, today. Jesus. Yeah. I'll find. I'll, I'll find it because I don't want to waste time looking for it now. But yeah, he talks about. He's like, it's like, oh, how I have slipped the surly bonds of earth. Like, yeah, yeah. That, I heard the quote. I just don't know who it is. Yeah, no. Well, I heard it because it was put over like someone put it over a sick like lo-fi beat and it sounded amazing. But he was like, yeah, he's like flying on like silver tipped clouds and he's like tumbling mirth through like canyons in the sky and it's like yeah. things you could never dream of and that i never would have even thought about that you were just like, yeah the big in my mind i'm like yeah the big puffy clouds those are nice and you're like no those are like you can you can do proximity with those there are canyons there are features would you ever wingsuit through like a like a thunderstorm absolutely the fuck not okay well all right now okay <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely the fuck just, okay, I like having fun. I don't want to kill myself. Yeah. Okay. But let's. So here's something. Uh, let's what say do you the lone... rain feels like in free fall. Like probably like fucking BBs. Yeah. So it stings. Yeah. Um. And we have a sarcastic saying that it hurts when you hit rain in free fall because you're hitting the pointy end of the raindrop, but really it just hurts because you're hitting water at 120 miles an hour. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think about that. But also around thunderstorms, you have some very dangerous winds and updrafts and downdrafts and all sorts of stuff like that. And we don't fly and stuff like that, too. So okay. now. Yeah, but I'm just thinking about like the visual. <coughs> I'm thinking about the you're flying through the, the you're, you're flying through the, the mountains in the sky, 
and they're lighting the fuck up like fucking <laughs> they're just turning on like strobe lights you can still get struck by lightning if you're not grounded source there's okay. plenty of pictures of planes getting struck by lightning yeah okay while okay flying. okay okay i got it and if i get struck by lightning dude, it's nothing but a human and some fabric in there so like nothing good's coming out of that <laughs> yeah yep. yeah instant hot pocket yeah. died doing what he loved yeah <laughs> <laughs> Getting struck by fucking lightning, wearing a fancy dress. Do you uh, do you game at all? Do you play any games? More no, importantly, I, do you I have you played a lot of that many many years ago? I have other hobbies now. Yeah, I, yeah, I get too addicted. Have you ever? Have you ever played Just Cause? You got the wingsuit. No, I have not. Okay, I was going to ask you how how bullshit is that game, but I guess if you haven't played it, we'll we'll divert from that. How f- I will say wingsuiting is the closest sensation to flying your body that you will ever get. Yeah. Um, what people you- ask me what it's like, and yeah. I say it, it, it's kind of like Buzz Lightyear. You're falling with style. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're also not super user-friendly. So in the United States, if you want to learn to wingsuit, you have to have a minimum of 200 skydives. You can't just jump out of the plane, spread this bitch out, and say, fly, baby, fly. It does not work like that. All right, noted. They will hand <laughs> your ass to you. Yeah. But what? So, But how do you? how do you get into it like what is do you have like your first jump okay yeah like your first like what is like the first so you okay you're obviously okay you're a qualified skydiver you've you've done all this shit before blah 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 you have your what's like the first just skip all that stuff what's the first like baby step to it's like okay this first time you're gonna jump out and you're only gonna do this like whatever what is that first thing so there's two routes to go per the book and um when i say per the book the agency that makes all of the rules for skydiving at least in the u.s is called the uspa the united states parachute association um, and they're the ones who grant the licenses and ratings and stuff like that i, I had on a professional female powerlifter two weeks ago and she's part of the uspa the united states powerlifting association i was like yeah, wait i was like it's wait a, a second <laughs> okay yeah sorry so yeah jumping out uspa and actually uh, hold on i'll go grab my license and i'll show you all right word All right, so it comes in this nice, fancy little sleeve. I don't know if you can read it that well. Yeah, it says Parachute Association. Perfect. All right, cool. So inside is where I keep uh, really both of my cards. This first one is my Sigma card that says I'm a Sigma-rated tandem instructor. So it's got Bill Booth's name on the front, United Parachute Technologies. And then when I flip it around the back, my name, I'm a Sigma-rated tandem instructor. Ignore the expiration date. I'm actually still a current instructor. Uh, they changed the rules after they put these cards out that yeah. you don't need to get a new card every year. Okay. So okay. I've had this one for three and a half years. I got Sigma-rated for tandem in August of 2016. Okay. Um, and then the actual license. So preface this with they used to look much cooler, but they updated them about a year ago, and they got really fucking boring looking. So uh, on the top, got my name. Got my membership number, got my license number, uh, it's D35684. So in skydiving, the licenses are A, B, C, and D. A is the first one, D is the highest one, it's considered a master parachutist license in the US. Um, so if you have a D license, you pretty much have free reign to do everything and people don't generally ask you questions like, do you know what you're doing? Okay. So I can walk into anywhere, I'm like, D license, I'm like, yeah. all right, cool, rock on bro. Yeah. Men in, men in black like license to kill just like kind of yeah yeah no yeah it doesn't doesn't look as sexy 
sexy as that license could look. It looks like a, I don't have any old ones to show you, but and yeah. then on the other side, it has all my ratings. So I'm a coach. I'm an AFF instructor, which means accelerated free fall, so I can teach you. I'm a tandem instructor, and I think it says Sigma below it. That's the system I'm, I'm rated in. Mm -hmm. So they changed the rules. So as long as this is updated, this card doesn't actually need an updated date on it. But I keep it because it actually looks official. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say the all white one. It looks like a. Looks like a Soviet Union like breadline ticket. Like this is right? this is for carbs. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny is in you know over the fourteen hundred individuals that I've taken on a skydive strapped to the front of me, not one single one has asked me to see my credentials. <laughs> they just assume. I trust you. I trust yeah. you. No. Oh man, we mess with them hard too in a plane. Just shit that we say. Like this, is your first skydive too, right? And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like, man, you know. Not all judges are bad. Like, what? Like, they give you second chances, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I said one the other day. Um, so I, I was sitting up front by the pilot, my boss, Tony, and everything. I had someone strapped to me. Right as, like, the door had opened up. We were about to go. person on the front of me is, like, you know, getting real tense. And I just look over and I'm like, do you ever just feel like life is meaningless? Like, there's just no point in even trying anymore? And they're like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, half my job is just to mess with you yeah it's like that meme where it's like <clears throat> it's like it's like the dude just like looking and it's like you ever been on the highway with your friend and you slowly realize you're doing 110 and he goes you ever feel like life is just meaningless and that's where i got it oh, okay, okay okay yeah like, you're just like what's up man like yeah so how so in my in my simplified version of this in my head Okay. Skydiving, it's you got your. <clears throat> what does the plane go up and just does it always kind of drop in the same area and then you've got the ground below it? Like what is? Yeah. So basically, how it works is um, we all get in the plane, we take off, and generally speaking, unless there's airspace restrictions, um, we fly one big circle going all the way up. And there's a reason for that too. Say we lose an engine in the plane. We can all jump out, and the plane can glide back to the airport. Okay. So they don't just fly straight out really long and then straight back because, okay. you know, you have to plan for emergencies. Okay. And honestly, there's no such thing as an emergency if you know what to do. It's just a rapid change of plans yeah. is like how I like to look at it. Yeah, all right, yeah. So, um, but, so we fly one big circle, and depending on the plane, you know, it can take anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes depending on how high you're going we have a faster plane where we jump it's called a king air it's a twin engine really pointy really fast thing and tony our uh, our pilot is really experienced flying that thing and he's super fucking fast with it he actually beats us to the ground once he drops us out so once the last person goes out of the plane he just noses it over and it looks like the skydivers are falling up to him for holy, a little bit holy shit yeah and so like i'll be it under my parachute, we call them canopies. I'll be under canopy at 2,500 feet normally with a tandem, and I'm looking at Tony down there, ripping it in, and landing down on the runway. Holy shit. That's and then I free fell for almost 10,000 feet. So that, That's crazy. So what is – you just yeah. have, like, a column? So it's, like, a column of airspace, if you will? Um, so we're pretty much in uncontrolled airspace. Uh, and what we do as far as dropping in the right position, we calculate what's called the winds aloft. And so um, – Basically, aviation, they figured out at different levels, there's different winds, and it shifts throughout the day. It's very dynamic. So we'll look at the winds in each 1,000-foot increment, and I'll pull it up on my phone. You can kind of see uh, just for, like, where I'm at. It pulls my location, mm -hmm. and it gives you the direction and speed at each 1,000 feet, and we kind of average it. 
And then the first load of the day, we use we have GPS in the plane. We'll pick a spot, certain heading, offset from the airport if we have to. And we jokingly refer to the first load as the wind dummy test load. Um, so that? a lot of the wind dummy test load. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we'll drop them, and then we'll look up, and we'll be like, "Yeah, they're not making it back. That wind <laughs> looks a little strong right there." And we'll just kind of keep moving it around yeah. throughout the day. So this, I don't know if you can see it very well. It doesn't show on my screen that well. Yeah, pull it back from the screen a little bit. Maybe I can. No, I can't see it. Pull it okay. close, bring, bring it closer, maybe. Mm. Oh, there oh, we go. There we go. go. There we go. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this gives like 22. altitude uh -huh. and then um, wind speeds and stuff like that and direction. Okay. And so we'll look at all that okay. and average out where about we need to go. We have to calculate in free fall drift. Um, so let's say you have. This is really high, but a 60 mile an hour wind, and we're dropping for one minute of free fall. So you're moving with the column of air. So we would drift a full mile in free fall before the parachute comes out. Holy shit. Yep. Now, if it's 60 miles an hour wind, we're not jumping, but that's just an easy example. Okay, okay. 30 miles an hour, you drift half a mile uh, in free yeah. fall. Yeah. And then the uh, altitudes that we're really concerned at for the winds are about 5,000 feet and below, because that's usually where people start opening parachutes, and the parachutes don't some parachutes don't go that fast, like the tandem parachutes. So if it's really windy, they can't fight it that well. Okay. So <clears throat> that's kind of how it works. And then, you know, we drop people, we'll adjust the spot, plane comes down, picks up the next guys. Hey, you know, Tony, can you move the spot another 0.2 miles west? And we'll start dropping another 0.2 miles earlier. Okay. All right, cool, man. And we just keep figuring it out throughout the day. Usually the first load is pretty close. And then the second load, we've got it dialed in. Okay. Now, so now, <clears throat> so now how does this all differ from... I asked all that to ask, how does this all differ from wingsuiting, like training for wingsuiting? So wingsuiting, um, you jump out of the plane and you can kind of fly any direction you want. So yeah. <clears throat> I tell wingsuiters that they make their own spot. So even if we drop them downwind or too far away, they just fly right back. Okay. So it doesn't really matter as much for them. It's more on them at that point. So whatever the wingsuiters land off the drop zone in like a random farmer's field, I kind of look at them like they're an idiot because they had they had the experience and they had the ability to open up right over top of the airport and fly right back down. Yeah, okay. All right. In my mind, yeah, I was just thinking that it had to have been like I, – I wasn't sure if there were laws against like you can't wingsuit in any direction. So in my mind, I'm thinking you have that column. Wingsuiting would just be like a long rectangular strip of air, if you will. No, so what we do um, – there's not a law against it, but there are general guidelines. And whenever the wingsuiters exit, we usually put them out last – from the plane because they can be the farthest away from the airport and still make it back because the plane's not hovering when we're dropping over the airport. It's still doing 90, 100 miles an hour going away. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and what we do is we get them off the, what we call the jump run line. So if we're flying a straight line over top, that's our, our jump run. Um, because if they fly up or down the jump run, they can end up directly over top of or under other people. So we have them kind of usually diagonal away from the jump run line. Okay or cut right and then cut back again. That way they're not dropping directly over top of other people. Okay. If uh, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It, for my mind, it does. So, yeah. It's There's good. a method to all of the madness. Okay. Okay. What is, like, what's, like, the best suit? Like, what are the tiers of, of suits? Like, what's... Okay, so how it works with wingsuiting. Uh, best is a relative term. It really just depends on what you're doing. Um, the most common brand and the most widely known brand is a brand called Squirrel. Now, people call wingsuits squirrel suits all the time. It's a misnomer. Squirrel actually is a brand name. It's like it's like uh, when McDonald's did a 
in the 90s you hear about that lawsuit real beef they yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, they actually yeah. made a type of beef and they trademarked it and called it real beef. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so squirrel suiting, yeah. <clears throat> so squirrel is the biggest wingsuit manufacturer. And in my opinion, they're going to have the best stuff because they use uh, very educated people to design them computation or con- CFD, computer fluid dynamics, whatever it stands for. And they're just making some kick ass suits mm. these days. Uh, even far better than what they were five years ago. But how it works with wingsuits is you start with a very small suit at first uh, because the less surface area that you have to control, the easier it is. And then you step up in size. So is that that's like the opposite of like skydiving, right? Um, the so better the sky- better you get, I thought you could get like smaller parachutes or smaller surface so, area. I'll get to that. Okay. But for, so for wingsuits, it's backwards. The smaller suit is the more friendly suit little Mm -hmm. baby bird suit as we might call it and the bigger they get the more speed they can generate but also the easier it is to fuck it up and get out of hand so you all start with a a small suit get used to flying that and incrementally step up Mm -hmm. Um, like i said you can't just jump out and say fly baby fly it does not work like that okay Um, i know one of my friends when i was down in texas he only had like 10 or 15 wingsuit jumps and he was flying small suits and then got his hands on a really big suit and against my judgment i said hey i probably wouldn't do that he did it anyways and so when he gets down i was like hey man how'd it go and he was like i realized immediately after exiting the airplane in that suit that i had absolutely no business in that thing (laughs) (laughs) and so one of the problems with the big suits is so your deployment handle on your rig on your back it's essentially a backpack the deployment handle is at the very bottom Okay. Um, and when you reach back with a wingsuit, the wings move back too. So what can happen is you okay. can reach back and you grab nothing but your wing yeah. and you can't find the deployment handle. So you're dealing with this in free fall. You're essentially in a straight jacket in free fall that you have no business flying or know how to use and you cannot find the deployment handle for your parachute. And you have all of, I will say between 60 and 120 seconds to unfuck that situation before it starts getting real spicy. Why, why the fuck is the handle back there? Why is it not... Why that's it? where that's where it needs to be but you couldn't have you couldn't like rig up like a pulley system so it's like just in that's your o- hand and you nope. like no nope. okay. that's over complicating it adding way too many failure points okay. and the system that we have has been honed over time yeah. and it, it honestly is really the best system for every scenario it's that's but, the system that makes it to the ground the systems that you don't have are the ones that went in okay it's yes yeah. are the ones that went in yeah okay um, but there's just there's different techniques for deploying with a wingsuit, and it requires a lot more skill than just a random skydiver. Mm-hmm. So that's just one thing you have to learn. And as you step up with the bigger suits, you have to alter your deployment techniques to do it safely, effectively, and smoothly. Mm-hmm. So um, you start out with small suits, and then you work up to the big ones. Uh, the biggest ones they have right now, off the top of my head, um, the, the bigger ones, rather, are called, there's the Freak. There's the Kalugo, and the Kalugo, or the word Kalugo, I think, is actually a type of flying squirrel, if I'm not wrong. You might be able to Google that one. Um, it's C-O-L-U-G-O, and you can probably pull it up. Uh, okay, you want me to? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you, you type in Kalugo wingsuit, and you'll see it. Spell it's it again? pretty big. It's almost like a flying mattress. Spell it again. C-O-L-U-G-O wingsuit. Okay. And it should pull up the squirrel.ws page, probably. Alrighty. Oops. Keep talking just so we don't have just so we don't awkward have awkward silence. Awkward silence. Um boobs. Beer. Boobs. 
Yeah. Okay. Wing. So the Kaluga is a pretty high performance, very large wingsuit. Uh, the bigger they okay. are, the more surface area they have, the more speed they can generate. Okay. And so it's not unheard of for these guys to get something like that. Yeah, that, that's that's one of them. Okay. When they inflate, the uh, the tail actually goes past your feet too. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, they can get out of hand and get spicy real fast. Yep. There you go. Yeah. There's. Oh, I can't. There we go. Yep, you got it. That That's the Kalugo 3, the newer one they have. It does just look like an air mattress, though. Yep, and actually, so we tell people that are learning to fly, if you just relax and kind of lay on top of the suit, it'll place you in the natural form that it wants because a lot of people try and fly the suit, and the, the suit flies them. Yeah, don't fight it. And, yeah, don't fight it. Um, it's engineered to do its job if you just let it fucking do its job. Yeah, so, so, so is that the biggest one there is, or can you get even crazier? That's one of the bigger ones I can think of. They don't get too much larger than that because the limits of the human to actually control it and everything. Um, so it's getting in the way. They've made some prototype suits that are just stupidly, absurdly large, but they stayed prototypes for a reason. Um, they have to be at least minimally user friendly for the experienced guy. Okay. Uh, and I said I, had, I was going to come back to this point about duct tape wingsuits. Yeah. Uh, so back in 2014, me and one of my good buddies. Um, we had watched a bunch of Jeb Corliss videos. So like, we like to talk a bunch of shit to Jeb Corliss on Facebook. So my buddy got banned from Jeb Corliss's stuff. Um, <laughs> Jeb Corliss has a big forehead, and so we'd make comments about him having a five, five head, head and yeah. stuff like well, that. Does. Looking he looking like a potato. Yeah, he has a five head. Own it, Yeah, dumb bitch. We just... Yeah. Uh, we talk so much shit skydiving online. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we got this idea that <clears throat> we were going to make a redneck wingsuit out of duct tape. And let me find the pictures. Uh, so we made this thing, and um, we really had no intention of flying it. But fast forward about eight months, and I get a wild hair up my ass, and I'm like, I'm going to go fly that thing out of a plane. <laughs> go fly the duct tape wingsuit. Fly the duct tape wingsuit. i got to find the picture. i got to scroll back like five years on my phone. No, you're good. Um, we made it in the barracks. So we were both in the Army at the time. It was like November. We were drinking and bored. The weather sucked. It was depressing. And so we were like, yeah, let's go make a duct tape wingsuit. Is the whole thing duct tape? Um, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> it was like a pair of pants and a shirt, and we just duct taped to it. Jesus Christ. My pictures. No, you're fine, dude. Take your time. It's. I have like 2,500 pictures on my phone. Me yesterday. Oh, nice, dude. That's why I'm like I'm moving a little slow. Dude, that's that's my that's once I can make money, that's my first move. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, duct tape wingsuit. We made this wingsuit in the barracks, and. Um, we use my friend for the picture just because he looks way more stupid than I do. But let's see if we can. Uh... Oh, not bring it closer. Is he wearing a flannel? Yeah, it's a flannel and with jean uh... shorts. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the duct tape wingsuit, and we had posted it on one of the skydiving pages. Just there's a, a skydiving gear for sale on one of the pages that there's about thirty thousand members of, and so people post up parachutes and parts and stuff like that. And so we posted up this wingsuit, and uh, we were like, for sale, wingsuit. It's been down the Alps and everything, and flown between the mountains. And we put like some just absurd price tag on it. And um, it ended up getting like a thousand comments and likes and stuff like that. And like basically once a year, we'll go back and find it, and we'll just bump the post back up so people have to start talking about it again. Yeah, and then uh, I flew it a couple months later, and so here's me doing it. They actually had to tape me in it once I had the rig on, and I had some bug-eye goggles and a stupid leather hat. We wanted to make it look as stupid as possible. Jesus Christ. That looks, yep. like, some, that looks like some Johnny Knoxville Stevo shit. 
That's exactly yeah, what Yeah, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is Duct Tape Wingsuit. That's exactly what it looks like. <clears throat> and so this is me actually exiting a plane with the... Can you see it? Yeah. With the wingsuit on, and believe it or not, for $7 versus a $1,500 wingsuit, it actually flew. Oh, fuck. You weren't fucking. It actually worked. I thought you were just yeah. fucking with me. No, the you... wings weren't... Like, one wing was bigger than the other and yeah. everything. And it wasn't a true wingsuit. It was just kind of fabric between your legs. But it actually flew. And um, there's a video of me landing. And I ate shit because my feet were duct taped together, essentially. So I get like one or two steps and then just on the ground. (laughs) But um, so the reason I say it's not a a real wingsuit is real wingsuits. They're not just fabric between your legs. They actually inflate and turn into Mm -hmm. basically a wing shape, Mm. which generates lift it's not enough lift to keep you up but it's enough lift to slow your descent mm. and so those things just inflate like a big ass air mattress that one was just fabric between me um so that, it, it was more drag than anything but it did slow me down quite a bit and i did fly it around for a little bit that's insane that's like some iron man one shit like build, so after build that I, I wrote an email to the duct tape people and i was like hey here's pictures and videos all i'm asking for is like another case of duct tape i'll make a better one you can use it for advertising the sky's the limit for your product never heard back yeah, so <laughs> i think the liability thing i was about to say it's probably a liability just to respond to that like yeah right like if this guy dies and mm-hmm. his next of kin gets gets a good enough lawyer <laughs> like they're gonna be like you egged <clears> him <throat> on you said you said sure here's duct tape yeah that's probably yeah. what it was so I want to make another one and basically copy the current suit that I have and maybe make it a little bigger because in skydiving we have this thing called XRW, which is you take a very small parachute and sometimes you even have to add 20, 30 pounds of lead weight to you to make it fly faster. Mm-hmm. And then you have a very fast wingsuit. And what you can do is you can actually get the performance envelopes to overlap a little bit. So you can have this guy fly in the parachute and this guy fly in the wingsuit. You can fly up under them and hook into them with your feet and go fly around like you're riding a magic carpet. Holy fuck. And we've been doing that at our drop zone, um, practicing oh. it and everything. And you can Google this and watch videos later. It's called just XRW. Um, wingsuits and it's super cool what they do Holy and we'll shit. even get the Cena Bluetooth like the uh, motorcycle guys were and have it in the helmet so you can talk shit and free fall be like come on over here big boy <laughs> like I'm sliding up to your right I'm coming up under you <laughs> holy shit could you do yeah. like could you do some like Blue Angels type shit with wingsuits what do you mean Blue Angels type shit I don't know just like five guys flying information oh yeah absolutely or is that, is that like a norm it. okay alright Damn it. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was an original. Um, I don't know what the wingsuit record is, but I know it's well over 40 people in formation. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've gotten an invite to uh, – so usually anytime there's a, a record or anything like that that they're trying to make, it's an invite-only thing. They don't invite new guys because one guy can mess up the entire thing, uh, especially with wingsuits because the, uh, the differences in speed and trajectories that can be generated, especially with larger wingsuits – in a very short amount of time can be deadly. Mm, okay. uh, it can be very, very dangerous. Uh, if we drift apart and then back together, we could easily have a 60 mile an hour closing speed. Yeah. Head on. Yeah. And that, that could be fatal. Yeah. So um, they don't invite new guys for that, but you can look up large wingsuit formations. And I know a couple people that have been in set like state records and stuff like that. And I don't know the overall record, mm-hmm. but it's, I believe it's definitely over 40 people. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. What- What's the maximum speed you can hit on those things? On wingsuits? Yeah. Are you talking horizontal or vertical speed? Just max. Anything. 
Um, so for vertical speed, it kind of just depends on the suit and the pilot. And uh, Squirrel actually has a, a video out there of them building up speed and flaring up, and they can generate speed and go back up for a couple hundred feet. So you could technically have a um, positive vertical speed. Yeah. Um, but on average, like say my suit, for example, my vertical speed, if I'm flying it as slow as I can at its stall point, I've gotten down to about 33 miles per hour vertical and average free fall is about 120. So I almost quadrupled my amount of time in free fall. Um, if I got a bigger suit, I could probably cruise in the high 20s, but that's not the most efficient that they fly. Now, as far as horizontal speed, it's not unheard of for these guys to get over 150 miles an hour horizontal. Jesus. And it's very physical flying these things um, because you basically are flying a giant sail in 150 miles an hour and you're supporting your body between all of your appendages and it's fighting back the whole time. Mm. So when you're ripping and carving these things around in the moment, you don't really notice that much of it. But um, after a minute or two, you really start to get winded. So yeah. it helps to be in shape for that. And then for me, like once the parachute deploys and everything, I'm sitting there like, <sighs> just out of breath oh, and everything damn okay yeah so it is pretty physical for the, the bigger suits flying performance and stuff like that now would you ever fly i saw something on reddit yesterday it was a dude basically wearing like wearing like a miniature wing and it had like two jet engines on it it's in dubai Jetman dubai jet. um okay. i have a Simple friend enough. yeah yeah i have a friend that works over at skydive dubai and he knows all those people um I would, but the thing is, those are all one-off creations with people that have a lot of money. Those jet cat engines they use on them are, I think, $10,000 each-ish, depending on the size. The wings themselves are all one-off custom carbon fiber creations that are probably $100,000. Oh, um, and there's different rules in the U.S. for them, too. So if you have engines on them in the U.S., they're considered an experimental aircraft, and the FAA makes you jump through a lot of hoops for that okay so you can make them without the engines all you want and they don't give a shit but once you put an engine on it it has to have um there's a whole list of bullshit it has to have uh so it just makes it more difficult but my boss tony um actually uh he was doing that a couple of years ago he had someone that was paying for it and he was just the guy that got to do it mm-hmm. i think he said he had one or two jumps on it and they are very not user-friendly really oh yeah absolutely um how so? You're kind of almost in uncharted territory on how to fly that. There's no okay. manual. You're fucking swagging it. Okay. You're trying just... to figure this thing out. Okay. Um, and there's no real control surfaces like flaps or ailerons or elevators. It's literally all you. So you don't know how the center of gravity is affected, how far up it needs to be, how far down it needs to be, how to properly launch this thing, how to deploy it with a parachute. Like, mm-hmm. It's just a giant question mark that you're going into. Okay. And so they're not user-friendly. Um, the guys over in Dubai have had a lot of time and money thrown money, at it. Money, and so money, they're getting money, money. pretty, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of videos from a couple of years ago where they were flying them next to an Airbus A3. Yeah, I've seen that. Dubai. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Those things are fucking nuts, but they. Uh, yeah, they're super cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to fly one, but uh, there's no way I'd, I'd even have the experience to do it or the know-how or, or the money for that matter. Well, um, regardless of money, why would you not have the... Who else would have it? I mean, compared to the average person, like, who the fuck else would have the experience to do it than you? The guys that are fucking figuring it out can at well, least give you some pointers, but there's only a handful of those guys in the world. But that's so. what I'm saying, is it's... 
it's like the first guy to like drive a car and someone's saying well, i don't know if i could drive a car like only a couple guys have it figured out and it's like yeah, yeah. I and mean, they only have so much figured out it's not like they're decades ahead it's not like america like you know with the jet fighter mm-hmm. and like you know fucking zimbabwe is like how do we get a jet fighter like yeah it, i mean obviously money is the massive hair, but just like just theoretically let's say that wasn't an issue i mean how long would it take you to these guys can't know that much i mean how much data do they have it's they they're not well, decades the other thing ahead. is when it comes to like wingsuit pilots i'm actually in the grand scheme of things relatively inexperienced i only have about 150 wingsuit jumps which okay. sounds like a lot yeah but there are guys out there that have three four or five six thousand wingsuit jumps okay all right so like i'm a baby bird still yeah. technically when yeah. it comes to that like i know enough to get down safely and fly how i want to fly but i am by no means a master of wingsuiting okay now so do these do wingsuits have like a military use or is that no. just kind of like just transformers movies it's just transformers God movies damn there's, it, Michael there's Bay. really no way that i could possibly think they are tactically a good idea um because a they're not user friendly and b within the skydiving community the uh, the guys that are trained in the military to do free fall are the highest risk group that we have come in because they have this overinflated ego mm-hmm. that they are unbreakable they are god they've done all this other stuff and they're most commonly the ones that break themselves the ones that do dumb stuff the ones yeah. that do dangerous things and yeah. so yeah no yeah. i mean they're they're definitely unbreakable like on the ground in warfare but everyone's yeah. equal everyone's equally uh, worthless falling through the sky <laughs> gravity well, they, doesn't they give go a to shit these schools and they get you know 30 jumps or whatever in the school and they think they're invincible because they've been trained to jump behind enemy lines and land in close formation and everything and i'm like look bro like i'm not in the military anymore but i got over 2,000 skydives and i can tell you that you are fucked up right now and you need to calm the fuck down and actually listen to me i know yeah. i'm a civilian and you don't want to listen to me but i actually know what i'm talking about yeah yeah and you may jump with a rucksack on your front with a gun and everything strapped to you and think it's badass but i jump with people on the front of me that fucking fight back the whole time so yeah get fucked and just listen to yeah me. yeah that's gotta be hard though because yeah you got some fucking inflated egos if you get some like you know seals or rangers or something you'd be like fuck you you don't know what i'm talking about it's like dude i get it and i understand that you're very talented in what you do gravity doesn't give a fuck gravity doesn't care if you did basic or if you work at walmart we uh we call them sky gods they have the sky god complex (laughs) Uh, yeah and i also have my own personal saying that you're never too good to break your own legs yeah no i think that's brilliant though it's absolutely it's or it's kind of like psychedelics i think it was like terrence mckenna was like it's like it doesn't matter how many times you've done psychedelics like the second you get cocky like LSD will put you in your place. It'll, it'll wipe that yep. smile. It'll wipe the smirk right off your face. Like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing, tripping dick. You'll take a dose and you'll see Satan. He'll be like, okay, no, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> I immediately regret that. Yeah. It's so, but the only thing I could think of with like wingsuits, like, obviously you have high altitude low opening, you have high altitude high opening. So there's obviously different. There are right, different so about that. Yeah, okay. Um, so hey-ho and halo jumps are really just terms by the military. Hey-ho yeah. is high altitude, high opening. And they do that because when the parachutes open, they are actually kind of loud and you can hear them from the ground. It okay. sounds like somebody snapping a trash bag open when you're trying to open okay. it. It's very obvious. Okay. Um, so the higher you do it, the less likely someone is to hear it. And you can glide over a certain distance. And parachutes are pretty silent. So you can kind of you know infiltrate behind enemy lines. Yeah. Um, 
and it's harder to pick them up on radar. You actually can pick up skydivers on radar because um, there's metal in the rigs and stuff like that and more people together. We've actually, when I was jumping down in Texas, uh, we were jumping near Austin and the Austin air traffic control would sometimes tell our pilot, you know, hey, you know, we've got traffic right below you. They're right about your same altitude. He's like, no, it's just all the jumpers I dropped out. Um, Damn. So that's what a hey-ho opening or hey-ho jump is. And we'll do a hey-ho jump. We just call them um, hop and pops more or less or a high pull. So we hop out, pop the parachute out. Yeah. Um, and so what's really fun is to do it at the end of the day for a sunset jump and we'll do what's called a cross country. And so we'll figure out where the winds are and then we'll go, we'll say, you know, five, six, seven miles away from the drop zone. You jump out at 14,000 feet or whatever you're doing, immediately deploy your canopy and you fly it back all the way back to the drop zone. You get a nice sunset. You may or may not have a frosty beverage in your pocket. Um, I would just suggest they get a little shaken up. Yeah. I would hypothetically speak. Hypothetically, yeah, because you wouldn't ever uh, do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. hypothetically, if you played that idea out. Yes, hypothetically. So they do hypothetically get a little shaken up. So you kind of want to open them to the side a little bit because, okay. you know, you're flying forward, wind comes back, you yeah. don't want beer all over your gear and stuff like that. Pissing in the wind, um, yeah. I, I do know people that have hypothetically taken a joint up too and had a, a cross country toke. But, um, <laughs> you know, I guess it's within the realm of possibility, but I wouldn't, you know, advise it. Yeah. That, um, so that, that's our hey ho jump. That'd uh, be fun as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. High, Actually, al- high um, altitude, of, high opening. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> high altitude, high opening. Yeah. Dude, super high altitude, man. <laughs> super high. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the other time that we'll do high pulls is if we're, we've got this new canopy that we want to fly around for a while and see how it handles. Or uh, a couple weeks ago, I had seen some of the paraglider guys with something called a chase cam or a follow cam, which is basically like a GoPro on a, it looks like a giant badminton birdie tail behind you and it stabilizes it and you just drag it behind you. You get some really cool shots while you're flying. Mm. So I looked up how to make those and long story short, I made it out of a two liter bottle and some streamers. It looks super homemade and ghetto, but it actually works surprisingly well. So a couple of weeks ago, me and one of my buddies jumped out, did a high pull. We both have really high performance canopies and so we were up you know 10 12 14,000 feet carving these things around next to each other and i got some pretty cool shots of it and i've been revising it ever since but i didn't get to jump it this weekend unfortunately when i get back to jumping in two weeks or so i'm gonna take it back out and we'll get some really awesome shots of it um, but those are when we do high altitude high opening things yeah uh, as far as high altitude low opening uh Generally speaking, the skydives that we do by the military standards, to my understanding, are high altitude, low opening. Okay. But low is kind of just a, a misnomer, yeah. really. It's rel- relative. It's it's relative. It's yeah. Yeah. So, so when when guys are like, "Oh, I'm Halo trained," we're like, "Welcome to the fucking club, bud." Yeah. Hey, man, I play Halo too. All right, dude. So fuck yeah. off. Yeah. It's Fortnite. Where are we dropping, boys? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the only so the only thing I could think of with like wingsuits was just like. But I, now that you said, now that you explained it that way, I feel like hey ho would replace any idea I had for a wingsuit, and it would be to glide in and to be okay. Well, yeah, why wouldn't you just do it with high altitude, high opening, as opposed to the complications of a wingsuit, right? Yeah, well, wingsuits fly a lot faster, and the glide ratio between wingsuits and a big canopy that you would do a hey ho opening with with um, the military are relatively similar, negating all the wind and everything. So you have no wind. You're probably looking for a wingsuit. The really good guys are getting about three to one glide ratio. Okay, the so average guy is going to get about two to one. And the numbers might have changed and improved a little bit as the suits improve, but this is just me recalling for the past couple of years. Uh, the canopies, you're looking right about 
two and a half to one glide ratio, maybe three on a good one. Is that that's two and a half feet forward for every foot down, or is it yeah two and a half so, feet down for every foot forward? Yeah, so if you dropped a mile high, you could go in a wingsuit two to three miles before okay. impact okay. if you flew it all the way to the ground. Okay, okay. <laughs> So, all right. Yeah. So that that's all I was thinking of, like military insertion would just be. Yeah. Yeah. Is like if you wanted to like drop them at like the border of a nation or something and yeah. flying in. But I figure if you're that intent on going into a nation, like finding Bin Laden in Pakistan, chances are you're just gonna roll deep anyway. Like. Fuck, yeah, you're gonna fuck roll them. in with the stealth helicopters exactly. and roll out. It's, it's just like, like we may have done. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's just. Like, if you're doing it, it's like, just go in. Like, don't go in with, like, you know, little butterfly suits. Like, if you're rolling in, go in with the full fucking dick of the yeah. U.S. military. You know, don't, don't like, tiptoe, oh, look at us go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. Now, could you, what would happen, could Felix Baumgartner have, like, used a wingsuit and tried to, like, go like across the hemisphere or something <laughs> bounce like, off the atmosphere and go back out yeah um, no i just meant like just general gliding like oh he tumbled I for guess, a long yeah, time but he could he could have uh, glided for a while right you could but the problem is he had to be in a full pressurization suit and so putting a wingsuit on top of that would be quite the added complication um and on top of that there's the human factor like we get tired after a little bit mm. and so i think my longest wingsuit flight was about three minutes and i was just fucking ready to be done really at the end like i i deployed higher than normal because i was so tired of flying that thing mm -hmm. so like yeah if you're in shape it definitely helps but you're not invincible yeah yeah so eventually you're gonna get tired if he had four and a half minutes of regular free fall you could probably squeeze a 10 minute wingsuit flight out of that easily if, if you did fly one, but you're a human, you're probably not going to make it that long. Mm. So now could you put, you're talking about the guys that get build up speed and then they rip back up <laughs> flaring flaring. Now, could you have like, could you have like a one-off almost like uh like jado like jet assisted takeoff like what if you had one of those bottles that they use for like the big cargo planes and they have a short runway could you i know what could you're you, saying but could I you flare and tell you that and there's just, nothing good that's going to come with that <laughs> surely not but i mean let's just let's just let's just play with it let's if you went up and then flared could you like why, why couldn't you just rip that fucker and just <laughs> you could see how high up you could go so I'm waiting for the day, and I know it's got to be coming soon. Those guys with the jet wings like in Dubai, yeah, I'm waiting for them to actually it. do a straight-up takeoff like a plane. Now, the one you probably saw the other day that I actually posted to yesterday was him taking off vertically and flying oh, off. Oh, that was you posted it? Okay, that's probably the exact one well, I saw. I mean, I, I posted it, but he, a lot of people reposted it, He's too. over the water, and he's kind of hovering first, and then yeah. he takes off. So, I'm waiting for them to figure out some sort of like street luge board or something where they just lay down on it on a runway build up speed and pull up. But when they can already take off vertically standing up, why even do that? Yeah, but I could see like if wanting to land it that way, like there'd definitely be like a more badass aspect. It's just if, if it's all it all seems like it's all one upping. Like there's no other reason why you're going to like oh, proximity is. fly to a mountain. So it's just like, you know nothing good's gonna come out of that like let's just let's just spell it and put that aside now we understand that okay it's like a nuclear arms race nothing good's coming out of thermonuclear versus nuclear it's just okay so if you want to do like proximity like what wings through proximity flying the next biggest thing would be like yeah well i don't even have to pull my chute 
I got, yeah. you know, I have whatever fucking like tungsten bars on my chest. I'm going to go. There has been one person that landed a wingsuit without a parachute. I don't remember his name, and I think it was back in 2012. But you know how the stunt guys have like a bunch of cardboard boxes stacked up for stuff? Yeah. He did that. And he had a huge wingsuit, and at the last minute, so he still had a parachute on, like a base jumping parachute, just in case, so he could deploy low if he realized he was going to fuck it up. Um, he flared at the last minute to reduce his vertical speed as much as possible, and he almost missed, too. Like, he hit, like, right on the edge. I yeah. think you can still find the video on YouTube or something like that, but he's the only guy that's ever done it. Yeah, I feel like you could do it then. Like, or even if you had, like, that little, like, Jado bottle or something. What if you just came streaking down, yeah, and just, what, not even fucking any flare, just normal ground, like, come streaking down, flare, and then you'd, like, pull up and, and just try to come to a stop. But now, if you're at that point, just fucking make the Iron Man suit, right? Yeah, what's technically possible and what's a good idea are two very separate things, oh. and we also have a saying in skydiving, it works until it doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. you know, I figured that, like, there are going to be people that die every year doing this. Clearly, some people are more concerned with breaking the record, being the first. So it seems like there's already, like, a disposable number of idiots. So why not give one of them, like, a rocket bottle and be like, hey, man, kind of like going into space. Like, live or die, your name's going out there. <laughs> like, All right, so let's talk about dying and skydiving. Okay. Um, so far, I've broken my record for consecutive days alive skydiving, which Ooh. is good. Um Thank you. Golf clap. Uh, but as far as these statistics go, people think skydiving is super dangerous. Um, the USPA keeps track of all the accidents, incidents, fatalities, and stuff like that every year. Mm -hmm. And I haven't looked at 2019s yet. I'm sure it's probably out. Um, the only one I remember off the top of my head is 2016, just because I've given this spiel so many times. Um, in 2016, there were over 4 million skydives made. There were 21 fatalities associated with that. Two of those fatalities were tandem, a tandem pair. Um, and that was an extraneous situation where, long story short, they found out the tandem instructor was not actually properly rated as a tandem instructor and not trained. And he let the most minor inconvenience in a skydive turn into a double fatality. Um, so when you exclude that guy, us tandem instructors didn't kill anybody in 2016. Um, and generally speaking, by the time you become a tandem instructor, you have enough experience to know what you should and shouldn't do. So tandem skydiving really is about the safest way you're going to do it. Mm. Um, the other 19 out of the 21, I think one or two were suicides. You can't help that one, sorry. Yeah. Uh, one or two of them were heart attacks. Also, whatever, yeah. can't help that one. Have a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and then the other math 17 or whatever it was 14 13 um, most of those people were just doing dumb stuff mm. um, flying themselves into trees or barns or turning their parachute low and impacting the ground trying to look cool mm. a lot of really easily preventable stuff and none of it was really gear related not, failures. Yeah, it's it was yeah error. the weakest link in the whole skydiving system is not the gear it's the human mm. so okay but i think uh, in 2018 they had dropped the total fatalities down to like 13 or something like that out of over 4 million skydives made. Okay. Now, does that, and, does that include wingsuits? Yeah. Yeah. That's skydiving. So oh, okay. uh, skydiving and base jumping are two separate yes. entities. We don't, yeah, we don't even talk about wingsuits with yeah. base jumping. Yeah. Within the base jumping community, there's been kind of some arguments about total base jumping fatalities because wingsuits are 
a category of their own. They're what's killing most people base jumping, but that's a totally different story. Um, can, can you wingsuit from a base jump? Yeah, Is that's it? the proximity flying down the mountains. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm stupid. I'll, okay, now I was thinking like jump off like a building and. Yeah, no, you that can. makes sense. I've seen the ones yeah, in Dubai. That's base jumping. I've so you know Dubai. what base stands for? Building, mm. antenna, span, which is like a bridge, and earth. That's base jumping. Uh, that's what it stands for. Oh, uh, okay. And so once you get all four of those objects that you've jumped, you get assigned what's called a base number. It's like a license number in skydiving, but it's a base number. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Now, I'm just thinking. So... Let's say you got up super high on a wingsuit. Could you have almost like a like an aerodynamic, almost like helmet triangular thing, and try to get like insane speed, and then I don't know, throw that away? Um, they, I think someone has made like a prototype helmet for those that's more aerodynamic, but um, it was like a one-off thing, and they actually do make wingsuit specific skydiving rigs that are lower profile for that um for really pushing the envelope but i've only seen them i've never actually known anyone that bought one or anyone that jumped one it was just honestly regular skydiving gear works just fine i got my helmet here i'll go grab it and i'll show yeah, you please do. I have my helmet here, my skydiving helmet. Oh, fuck. Uh, this model is called the Kiss. I don't know why they named it that. Whatever. Uh, it's got the opening visor. It's like regular helmet. You can see it's got all sorts of scratches and dings and stuff on it just from it being sat down. Mm-hmm. Uh, one reason why I wear a helmet, aside from the safety aspect, is when I take people on tandem skydives, uh, sometimes they'll throw their head back or they will snot and slobber yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And so the visor kind of generally keeps it off my face. Um, this one's got vents in the back, just like a motorcycle helmet. And then I do have, let me turn it on my audible altimeter on the side. So I jump with two altimeters. Um, you can kind of see that one okay, yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, and so I have a visual altimeter that I wear on, on your... my forearm yeah. and then I have an audible altimeter in my helmet as a backup. And so I have, um, altitude set in my audible altimeter and it beeps at me in free fall. So mine are set at 6,500, 5,500, 4,500, and 3,500 feet. And all those kind of coincide with something, whether it's tandem skydiving or teaching other people to skydive, but you can set them at whatever altitudes you want. Um, so basically I kind of just free fall until uh, I hear the beeps and then I deploy a parachute. So if I lose one, I still have the other as a backup. Jesus. How much does like a helmet like that cost? So this helmet I think goes for around four hundred dollars um and believe it or not they are just now starting to make impact rated skydiving helmets how the fuck can you even make that i dude i don't know so these helmets are actually pretty thin and small they're not like a motorcycle helmet um they're much thinner and lighter uh and you don't want a heavy like motorcycle helmet when you jump because say you have a very hard opening on your parachute um you don't want an extra eight pounds on your head for whiplash reasons also these things don't cover the back of your head as much the first time you put it on they're kind of tilted forward a lot more than you think so they feel weird at first okay um but the newer helmets are covering a little more near the back of your neck they have a little bit better padding and actually do have an impact rating so it's it's been overdue in the skydiving world for them to have that i don't know why it's taken them this long to do it um but we're finally getting there well how well i was gonna i guess i'm stupid i was thinking like impact rated like 
So that makes sense. Yeah, you want obviously, you know, everyone has them motorcycles, snowboard, whatever. I was yeah. thinking like you want I'm stupid. I was thinking you want something to protect you against like skydiving speeds impact. I was like, how the hell are they gonna make a no. helmet? And I, I'm, no, I'm done. It's mainly for if you mess up landings and smash your head on the ground or something like that. Okay. Okay. So I mean a non rated helmet uh is still better than nothing at all. Yeah. By all means. Um but that doesn't guarantee really any amount of safety. Yeah. Can you pull up your helmet again? Could you put on yeah, like but... could you put on like um like a heads up display thing on that? They have had a few of those, I think, but they're um I can't remember if they were snowboarding goggles that people use for it or if they modified it. But they've done it before. It's just the whole cost versus reward thing. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, I just figured it'd be like, yeah, I guess another fallback. You'd have one on your wrist, your ear, and you could see one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're getting into Iron Man territory, though. Yeah, um, money. Money it, can make anything happen, buddy. Yeah. Now, would an Iron Man suit ever be possible? Uh, you'd have to talk to DARPA about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. I bet DARPA has something, but I'm as far sure as civilian use, do. it's way down the road. I'm sure DARPA has fucking Iron Man. There's no, yeah, it's... Yeah, absolutely. Would you fuck with one of those? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, I would like some training, though, because, again, it works until it doesn't. Yeah. So, And yeah. I don't want to suddenly get strapped into this Iron Man suit with rocket boosters that I have no idea how to work. Yeah, yeah, and hit the side of a fucking bank. Yeah. Bank I'll, I'll probably take it out of a plane with a regular parachute the first time and go fuck around with it for a little bit. And yeah. Then we'll slowly work it down, maybe yeah. without using the parachute. Yeah. Now, what's the fastest speed you can jump out of a plane from like, you're talking exit speed from the aircraft or yeah. the fastest speed in free fall exit speed from the aircraft could you like somehow could they put you in some like aerodynamic shielding and like strap you to the bottom of like an f-22 like hit, um, hit so Mach if you're two. talking about like the fastest speed to actually exit an aircraft you would basically be talking to the ejection seat guys oh, um, damn it, and yeah. i had to learn about this and there's only been to my knowledge like one or two people that have ever survived a supersonic ejection because it's just pretty brutal yeah. uh, and even the dude that ejected i think it like broke both his arms his leg it like dislocated his shoulders ripped his helmet off yeah. burst every vessel in his face yeah and, like, he wasn't doing too hot yeah uh but generally, our exit speeds in the aircraft, depending on the aircraft, are between about 80 and 100 miles an hour. Now, what's really cool is the wingsuit guys, and you, there's plenty of videos of this, you get a, an aircraft with a tailgate exit, so an exit straight mm. out the back like a military cargo mm. plane or something like that. And what they'll do is they'll have the plane fly faster than a jump run speed, we'll say 130, 140, 150 miles an hour versus 80 or 90. And so when these guys step off the back, they open up their wings and they can turn all that excess airspeed into temporary lift. And so you'll see them go out and come out above the airplane. Holy shit. And there's, there's some really cool shots. They just did some of these. Um, they had a skydiving event over the pyramids in Egypt a couple months ago. And they got some pretty cool videos and pictures of dudes doing that out of a military C-130. Shit. Now, yeah. So I was thinking of like, could, could you be set up almost like a almost like a cruise missile on the wing of like a b-52 like an x-15 type setup like oh, what sign you, me up buddy. what if you had like a cone for you know aerodynamic properties and then they drop you and and then you let go of that and you're in your fucking wingsuit and you're doing like three four hundred would that be possible possible yes would it be a good idea absolutely the fuck not again um, none of these things i'm putting forward i'm not putting yeah. forward because they're good ideas 
I'm talking so about there technicalities. Have been, um, speaking of the high speed wingsuit exits out of the back of the planes, there have actually been guys that went out and opened up their wingsuits, and it was such a blast of air that it actually blew out the wing of the wingsuit and ripped it. Do they have parachutes? And that's, yeah, they have parachutes, but Woo! like it, it destroyed their suit. They yeah. had to get it fixed. Yeah. So but they didn't die. Yeah, that's what I was. Thinking. No, they didn't. They yeah. didn't die. It just it messed up their you know fifteen hundred plus dollar fancy dress. Yeah. Fancy <laughs> dress. Yeah. Yeah. Could you um? Oh, yeah. speaking of uh, like Bombay and stuff like that, there are special events where they fly like historic bombers and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. uh, you can go in the Bombay and drop out the bomb doors. <laughs> Um, which I've always wanted to do. I've just never got a chance to do it. The tickets are usually like $500 yeah. for a single job. So again, novelty thing, but still cool. Yeah. I was going to say, you could go, yeah, you could jump out over like Hiroshima. <laughs> single. A it's sing- doing much better these days. Yeah. A single dot just fall and like, like yeah. what, what is that? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh no, Kojira. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I'm just trying to think how much higher could you go than Felix Baumgartner or was he like pretty much I guess or the guy that broke it Google nerd like you, I mean you I guess you'd have to have heat shielding you have to have like a blade of shield like almost like space shuttle tiles or something um I maybe maybe not I mean Felix Baumgartner didn't have to do it um but also it kind of just depends on where you consider the edge of space and the reason things re-entering the atmosphere have to have all that shielding is because they're doing you know 20,000 miles yeah, an hour yeah Whereas these guys, if you're starting with a zero speed at 130,000 feet, I mean, you may generate some heat, but it's still pretty cold up there, and you're going to dissipate that heat anyways. Yeah, I didn't think about so, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. your orbit's, what, Mach 23? Yeah. yeah, so... Something like that, and yeah. um, it's, I would... I would personally consider it a skydive when you have an atmosphere. So once you get above the atmosphere, it's not really a skydive. You're just in space, buddy. Yeah. Well, you're an astronaut, right? Isn't that the line? Yeah. hundred miles or a hundred kilometers. Yeah. It's, it's something where they draw the line, but, yeah. um, I want to say it's like a hundred. Yeah. hundred kilometers. Well, something like that. Well, the X-15 pilots got their astronaut, I guess, badges or wings or something. Cause it was, they said they were in space. Um, well, they also skipped off the atmosphere at one point in time. That's true. Um. Yeah, would you do something like that if you had the ability? If someone paid for the, if someone paid for the jump, would you try to beat? Would you try to beat the world record? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. Either it works, or suddenly it's not my problem anymore. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's one way to look at it. It's not like I'm in totally uncharted territory. Like, there's been two or three dudes that have already done it, so I'm just going a little bit higher. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about a little bit higher. I'm talking, like, what? So Felix did 125. The guy that beat him did, looked at, what was it, 138? Something like that. Like, what What if you did, like, 200? I mean, I'd like to try it. Yeah. Why not? Is there, like, a way you can volunteer for it? Is there some... I don't think there's an organization that takes volunteers for that. I think it's just Red- such a massive undertaking with money. Red Bull. Yeah, so there's actually a saying that if the government can't do it, Red Bull can. <laughs> uh, because Red Bull does a lot of really cool stuff. I was actually over at Red Bull's headquarters, and uh, it's called Hangar 7. It's in Austria uh, a couple months ago, and um, toured that facility. And they've got some impressive stuff there. They've got their jets. They've got this uh, all polished, I think it's a P-38 Lightning in there. Um, Ken Block was there the day that we were there. 
Uh, and they do some pretty cool stuff over there. They have one of the Jetman suits in there as well. That's badass. Yeah. Now, could you like openly volunteer to them? Could you like contact them and be like, I want to break the record. I'm willing to do it. You could, but here's the thing. Red Bull already has this massive surplus of awesome people that are way more experienced at doing seemingly dangerous stuff than I am. But yeah. but there's, they haven't done it yet. So, you know, the the changing, you might just be like, hey, like, I waive my right. Like, I know I might not survive. Like, you guys don't yeah. need to pay me out. That's where they you get plenty it. of people that will already do that, buddy. Really? Well, then how come they're not doing it? How come they're not taking the record back? Like, I guess, uh, I guess pay off. I'm not even... sure. I'm sure they have their reasons. It also, like, they go up in balloons and everything. I'm not sure how much higher a balloon can really go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could put some thrusters on the bottom of it once you got to that point. I don't know. I, that's. <laughs> I'm, somebody's run the numbers, and so far, I guess it hasn't made sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like you could. No. Anything's possible with money. Yeah. Could you? This is a good, this is a really dumb question. Could you put like armaments on a wingsuit? I mean, I guess you probably could, but I doubt it's going to work that well. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. again, again, we're going into Iron Man territory. I mean, I guess you could fly holding some pistols on the side. Yeah. Yeah. But at I'll, some point, you got to let those go so you can deploy the parachute. So. That's true. That's true. Have you? Would you? Um. Would you do something like jumping off the Burj Khalifa, or is base jumping now your cup of tea? I would. Um, I've been up on the Burj Khalifa a couple times. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, I, dude, I lived over there for a year. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been up there a couple times, and it's actually high enough that I can take a regular skydiving rig off of it. Like, I've jumped out of planes lower than the Burj Khalifa is high. Holy shit. The, Bur- yeah. the Burj Khalifa is crazy because you can go to the literal top. Like, you, not. I mean, not everyone, but I mean, it is possible to go see those videos of like the dudes up there literally like poking their head out of the top of the spire like there's nothing yeah. above them like there's nothing yeah. yeah it's impressively tall like when you see it in person you're like looking back to see the top i think it's like 2700 feet tall or something it's i think it's 937 meters it's, or 927 it's, meters it's, whatever that converts to yeah 20, um, 28 28 12 feet it's, it's something way up there and whenever you go up to do the tours um you actually only go about two-thirds of the way up yeah there's like the 121st story and like the 142nd or something and even that's still only like when you get up there there's still like another three or four hundred feet of building above you jesus yeah because yeah. the top of it's private yeah oh it is oh i didn't think about that yeah well for anyone listening the the height to the roof of the world trade center was 1350 feet this is yep this is over double that it's took, like three empire state buildings or something like yeah, that if you took the world trade centers and stacked it on top of each other it's yeah. that's how high yeah so would you jump out or something like what in the what saudi arabia they're building the Jeddah kingdom tower the Jeddah tower that's yeah. supposed to be one kilometer tall because yeah. they did the math and figured out they couldn't do one mile tall in sand yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah about that yeah um yeah i mean i would um the cool thing about saudi is they're actually opening up to a lot more tourism now and they just had a big um canopy piloting competition there a couple months ago really Uh, there's some pretty cool videos on there yeah uh all the world's best guys were out there guys and girls um i know so there's in the u.s the guy that holds the most records i believe his name is kurt bartholomew he's got a he's 
pretty cool dude. He's actually about my size. I've met him a couple times, gone out and had sushi with him. His wife, Jeannie, is super awesome as well. She's world champion skydiver campy flyer and there's some super cool videos of these competitions and you can just youtube them um all over the world and that's their full-time job i'm friends with them on facebook and i think this last week they were in somewhere in south america or something like that like they just travel all the time in skydiving that's their job it's pretty cool that's pretty badass yeah is there like a tier of a job that you would like to do more so than the one you're doing or are you pretty like psyched about what you're doing I enjoy my job. Yeah. Um, there are some things that I would like to do. Um, there's, I'd like to get into more of the canopy piloting championship, not championships, but competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fly relatively high performance canopy and we kind of touched on this earlier, but we never really elaborated with parachutes, uh, and skydiving, the smaller they are, the faster they are and the more skill it takes to fly them. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of jokingly refer to the smaller the parachute is the bigger your dick looks. So, <laughs> And uh, we measure them in, in square feet. And just for perspective, when I, I take someone on a tandem skydive, the average tandem parachute is anywhere between about 310 and 370 square feet. Okay. Um, my personal canopy, we don't call them parachutes, we call them canopies, um, is 79 square feet. It's called a Valkyrie. Oh, Jesus. And so it's basically like a large area rug that I'm flying around that's just like, oh, my God, fast. Um, it's currently strung out over my dining room table right now drying out because i got a little wet jumping in some rain unofficially the other day (laughs) unofficial with an unofficial Uh, beverage yeah unofficially hypothetical Um, hypothetical rain and a hypothetical beverage yeah so yeah exactly but uh, yeah it's drying out right now and i just haven't repacked it yet Uh, but for these smaller canopies they um I don't think I have to describe this. There's two categories of canopies when it comes to skydiving. There are standard canopies, which are composed of cells. They're typically nine cells, and you'll see all the holes across the front. And then there's what's called cross-braced canopies. Um, and the difference between those is kind of like, do you know about cars and tires, stuff like that, like low-profile tires, they handle sharper? Not necessarily. Okay. All right. So with these regular canopies above you, it's kind of like an... Um, i-beam construction where you got the bottom you got the middle you got the top and they kind of wiggle around a little bit with the air and so they're not super precise but what cross bracing does is it puts cross bracing in between those cells and makes the wing above you very very firm and stiff okay and they fly faster and so when you transition from a non-cross brace to a cross brace canopy it's almost like having a piece of steel over top of your head it's very firm yeah it's very twitchy it's very touchy um on my personal canopy there's something called harness input so how much weight you put on your left versus your right side if you lean a couple pounds more to one side it'll start diving that way jesus yeah so you got to be careful like i i looked up one day i got a video of it because i just got this canopy about a month and a half two months ago so i'm not totally used to it i looked up to do something and i end up in a 45 degree bank jesus christ just diving towards the ground jesus christ um, and so just these high performance cross brace canopies are just more of everything in the performance category <laughs> yo they're exciting but they're, it's a great way to kill yourself if you don't know what you're doing yeah like if you try to put a brand new person on the performance canopies that we're flying not only would they never manage to get it to open properly because they're very twitchy and sensitive while they're opening but even if they did get it to open properly, they would start a death spiral because they, they wouldn't realize they're shifting more weight on one side than the other. Mm-hmm. Assuming they figured that out, they'd start a death spiral in the opposite direction, overcompensating. Yeah. 
negating all of that, let's say they got past all those hurdles, um, this thing is going to be screaming towards the ground at a speed they are not used to. And whenever they come into land, not only are they going to fuck up their landing pattern because they're doing it at three times the normal speed and descent rate, but whenever they go to flare, so level off for the landing, I guarantee you they're not going to do it right and they're going to hook themselves right in the ground at about 50, 60 miles an hour. Jesus fuck. So if they can pull all that off, they'll probably be okay. They'll probably tumble and roll. They might slide on their ass and have a hole in their butt. But yeah, we uh, we start new guys off on very big, very slow, very forgiving parachutes that yeah. can open up upside down, sideways and everything. You do that to one of these and it's not going to like it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. These parachutes are so sensitive that when they open up, if they zig and you zag, it's not going to work out too well for the home team. Jesus Christ, dude. You, yeah. You're not selling skydiving to me. I'm... No, skydiving's fine. Okay. We don't use the high-performance okay. parachutes okay. for tandem stuff. Okay. These are like what you jump after thousands of jumps. Okay. Okay. So. Now, are nighttime jumps like frowned upon? Or no, is... they're actually a thing. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know anything about any of this, so it's... So how night jumps work, um, you have to have a B license to do night jumps. So in skydiving, A license is 25 jumps, having met the criteria. B license is 50 criteria. C is 200 and D is 500. Um, and night jumps are kind of a special event thing that goes down. You know, there's briefing and stuff involved. And there's, there's certain ways, guidelines that we have to do it by. Um, and they just changed the rule the other day. But to get a D license, so the highest license you can get in skydiving, you had to have two night jumps. I've got probably eight or 10 night jumps. And the reason I don't have more is because I hate them because simply I can't see shit. Mm -hmm. And it's to me, it's just the juice is not worth the squeeze. It's not worth the increased risk of anything going wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but some people really love them and, and that's their thing. But they just changed the rule the other day that you don't have to have night jumps anymore to get your D license, which a lot of people have been griping about for a very long time because night jumps are they're not very commonly done at special events. A lot of times the weather rolls in at night and when you typically do it on a full moon so you can at least have minimal light out there and when it clouds over, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, night jumps are a thing. They're not a thing for tandem because it is explicitly forbidden and uh, per the manufacturers and stuff like that. And I I don't want to do it anyways. Um, but yeah, you can do them. Um, kind of going in a different direction. When you're wingsuiting and you pull your parachute, is it possible to... What, like one of the first things you're talking about was like, what was it, like cutting your parachute, like the one more than you intend to use? Yep, cutaways. Could you cut away and start wingsuiting again? You could. Uh, funny story after that. Um, <laughs> wingsuits increase your probability of having a cutaway um, because you just have more dynamics going on. Um, so, yeah, you could cut it away, but then you'd have to go find your parachute and then you'd have to ride your reserve parachute which is big and slow and it's going to open pretty quick and probably uncomfortably and then you're going to get lectured by the drop zone owner and probably kicked out for intentionally doing that um yeah it's just it's not worth okay. it okay um you could but um i've never had a wingsuit cutaway but a lot of people that wingsuit most of their cutaways are, are involving wingsuits okay uh, because uh, sometimes with wingsuits, you may not have the most stable body position when you open, or um, you're kind of immobilized for the first couple seconds once those things open up because the wingsuit's restrictive. So if you have some sort of problem that needs immediate tending to, it takes you a couple seconds to unzip out of the arms and mm -hmm. get everything loose so you can reach up and grab stuff. And at that time, things just spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. Fuck it, I gotta pull the handle to make it go away now. Yeah. 
and I got to go pick my parachute out of a tree or a field or something. So, but, um, well, yeah, story that I was going to get back to. Say, yeah, what was the funnest story? Going back into free fall, a couple of weeks ago we did this. Um, so, obviously, you have to have one more parachute than you intend to use. And so we went up, and we were going to do an intentional cutaway. And in skydiving, there's this thing called a Mr. Bill. I don't really know who named it. But um, basically, you go out two people, one holding on to the other. They deploy the parachute out of the plane, and you fly two people into one parachute. And eventually, you know, one just lets go or whatever mm-hmm. goes back into free fall. So we had this canopy that we hooked up and everything. 14,000 feet, we go out, me and my buddy Austin. And somehow during the exit, we managed to snag the cable that released one side of the parachute. And so we go out at 14,000 feet. We had this grand plan in our, like planned out of what we were gonna do. It was gonna be super cool. Um, And then suddenly half the parachute's not there. And so, We've got video from both my view and Austin's view. It actually slowed us down. We were only doing 41 miles an hour at that point, so we had some time. We were actually chatting under half a parachute in free fall. Um, pretty amusing. Austin was like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just ride it for a little bit. And so we rode it for, I think, 50 seconds or something like that. And then we pull the cable to disconnect the other side of him, and I go back into free fall for a little bit fuck around and then fly off and open our own parachutes. And So that was our, our Mr. Bill attempt. Could you do like a... Finish, finish up in a minute um yeah but do you have a could you do like a multiple person one of those like five guys jump out one guy pulls the shoot four drop one guy pulls the shoot three drop would that be possible a waterfall kind of um <laughs> it it would be fun to do but the problem is you couldn't get the five weight, guys opening up under one parachute without it just exploding could you get like a just a massive like parachute just like a fucking tank, I mean, like a tank of a motherfucker. Technically, you could, but the problem is actually getting everybody to hold on through the opening shock of it, because um, it's probably going to rip everybody off. Because if they open hard or even stiff, like you're only holding on, you're not strapped in uh, for safety reasons. You can't actually be connected. You have to be able to let okay, go. Well, hypothetically, hypothetically, I'm sure it's probably possible, yeah, but just, I like, don't know. Yeah, that use some like carabiners or something and just lock on to each other. I guess you could, but the the juice isn't worth the squeeze for the potential outcomes of that one. I think it'd be cool, just like oh, it'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Me and my buddy Austin did what we called a we named it a wingsuit rodeo waterfall. So with wingsuits, there's something called a rodeo, where someone rides on your back, kind of like a magic carpet. Normally, you get a chick to do it because it's the less gay thing to do. But when you have a dude do it, we call it a rodeo. Um, and so what we did, I got a video of it about a year and a half ago. We were in Deland, Florida. I was riding on Austin's back, and then at deployment time, I deployed my parachute, and as it pulled me off his back, I grabbed the handle to deploy his. And so it was like a waterfall deployment. Yeah. And I got a great video and pictures of this thing. That's and, awesome. Uh, I might be able to pull it up here just real quick and actually show you. That's fucking awesome. And it <laughs> it was pretty fun. I, it, I would definitely do it again. Would I was going to say, would it be a dick move to, like, pull your friend's parachute and he doesn't know? It can be, yes. But there is actually a pretty cool video of the, the Golden Knights, which is the Army's parachute team out there doing um, Duck, Duck, Goose in a circle where they go around and the loser, like, they deploy their parachute and they just go away. But So here's the picture of me and Austin doing it. This is me flying off his back and his parachute starting to deploy. I don't know how well you can see that or I not. Can, I can see it a little. Bring it closer. Bring it even closer. There we go. Oh, there Perfect. We go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Holy so that's shit. me flying back because my parachute's coming off, and him in a wingsuit with his, uh, it's called a pilot shoot coming out. Jesus. So that's I ins- think I can probably pull up the video real quick, too, in my folder and that's try ins- and show you. That's insane. Once you learn to skydive, you can learn to do seemingly dumb stuff in a safe manner. Yeah. Now- yeah, here we go. Oh. Give it a second. Now I can see it. Oh, shit. Oh, did he tumble or was that his parachute? He tumbled for a second and Jesus. kind of went head down, but his parachute was coming out. Jesus, so. dude. That... Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I feel like a badass when I jump off a high dive. <laughs> Man, low heights are sketchier than high heights. We take so many people that are like, I'm afraid of heights. That's why I've never been skydiving. And I'm like, look, dude, it's so high it does not matter. You got like, low heights are buildings and bridges and cliffs and stuff like that where you can see exactly where you're going to hit. High heights, like, it's so high, you look out the window, and you're like, oh, that's a nice view. Yeah. That's all you think about. Yeah. Yeah, and you got time. Yeah, you, you got, got time. You can literally be like, yeah, you can just fall and fall, be like, what am I having yep. for dinner? Like, there's no, yep. you're not jumping off the side of the Swiss <laughs> Tower, and it's like, how quick am I going to become a meat pancake? Like, I've done so many jumps that in free fall, I kind of get preoccupied with other things. So, like, when I was working and doing a ton of jumps every single day, in free fall, I'd be thinking about, you know, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? What's on Netflix tonight? Look over, I'm like, oh, 8,000 feet, still got some time. Uh, I need to run to the grocery store when I get home. And then uh, I remember one day I took this chick that had, a, like, a Fitbit or something on. Uh-huh. And, um, of course, she's totally unaware, but I get bored in free fall sometimes. So I was trying to swipe through the menus in free fall and try and find your heart rate while we were doing it. <laughs> Um, but I, I couldn't find the fucking menu for it. <laughs> Leave your number so, in there. Yeah, that'd be suave. Uh, yeah. Can you? Do you think you'd be able to like Facetime someone while you're skydiving? Or is you lose the signal after okay. a couple thousand feet. Okay. Um, but my buddy Austin has done a Snapchat where he held on. He kind of tethered the phone to his hand, but he went out of the plane, free fell for a second, deployed the parachute. It's actually a pretty cool Snapchat. I that thought about doing that cool. as well. Yeah. Why would you? I've not? tried to. Yeah, I've tried to Facebook Live it before going up in the plane, but um, after a couple thousand feet, and also depending on where you're at, you just lose signal because the cell towers are projected down and yeah. out; they're not necessarily up. Yeah. Well, that didn't that one guy die in like 2015? He Facebook Live his like proximity seating. Some dude. Oh died. yeah, we had a discussion about that the other night. That's just bad juju. Don't do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that guy died. Yeah, and yeah, he like landed in a field of cows or something. He didn't land exactly. He kind of arose there rapidly. He he ended there. Yes, yes. His elevation became zero. Yes. Yeah. It's not the fall that kills you. It's the sudden yes. stop at the bottom that yes. will get you every time. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, fuck, man. Thanks for doing it, dude. Yeah, man. No problem. You got any questions about anything else? Not right now. My brain's a bit fried. My brain's always fried when I'm finished doing a podcast. And I was like... Dude, you're more than welcome to come back on. Please, let's do another one. Uh, this time, I'll, yeah. have, I'll have legitimate questions. Yeah, man. Write them down. Let me know. For anybody else that's interested in doing tandem skydives, that's concerned about the safety aspect of it. For us as instructors, um, before we can even take someone on a tandem skydive, we have to meet a bunch of criteria. We have to be in the sport at least three years. We have to have a minimum of 500 skydives and earn our D license, which is the highest rating you can have. You have to get an FAA class three medical, just like a, a pilot getting their pilot's license, which I'm actually currently doing now. Oh, nice. And then you have to go through a special tandem training course uh, to learn what and what not to do. So even if you are their first paid customer, they at least have that much going for them. Mm. Okay. So. We have a pretty good track record yeah, yeah. Of, of not killing people. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <Pretty good. coughs>
not not perfect, but pretty good. I'm a pretty okay instructor, as I tell people. I'm a pretty not bad guy. Yeah. So whenever people are like, how do you know we're going to make it down safe? I'm like, look, lady, I paid my Netflix bill this month, and I want to go home and watch it later on tonight. So like, it's a selfish sense of self-preservation, but like, I want to get down too. So don't don't go don't go tandeming if it's like on the thirtieth. Yeah. They want to they want to get you on the first. I had someone ask me the other day, they were like, are things okay at home? You have kids, anything like that? <laughs> and I was like, everything's fine. I'm actually getting snipped Monday, so no kids. Yeah, don't worry about that. Like, no, I don't have kids. Like, okay, like, she took them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're all right, buddy? She took the dog, too. You're, Anyways, hey, yeah, I'm Sean. Let's go skydiving. Yeah, don't mind me. My mouthwash smells like whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, half my job is just messing with those people on the plane and freaking them out. That's it's fun sometimes. Br- that's brilliant. That's brilliant. We talk so much shit to them. And, of course, you got to gauge the audience. If they're yeah. just absolutely terrified, maybe don't, don't do that. Reel it but, back a little. Yeah. In, in 1,400 tandem skydives alone, 1,400 plus, I've only had two people back out. Um, one of them was a dude that had been skydiving before. We get to the door, and he's like, absolutely not. I like, can I talk to you about it? He's like, nope. All right, cool. We'll ride the plane down. Okay. Second one was one of the Red Bull girls that come around as little mini Coopers and hand out free Red Bulls. She was uh, all of 90 pounds and had a lot of fight in her. Um, and she had just an absolute mental, emotional breakdown. Mm. Like I, she's basically like sitting between my legs cause we're on the bench going up and I couldn't touch her. I couldn't say anything to her. Everything that happened freaked her out. Mm. Um, so like if we had jumped and I had forced her to jump, not only would it, have, it become a danger to me, but, um, it would have been lasting emotional trauma for, yeah. her for, for many years to come after yeah. that. So those are the only two that I've never not done and had to ride the plane down for. Other than that, even no matter how scared they are, people are so scared, they kind of just move with emotions up to the door. And like, once we're out of the plane, you can't climb me back up. We're yeah. gone. We've dedicated yeah. to it. Yeah. So I might as well just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Well, fuck it, man. If I ever go skydiving, I'm going with you. Yeah, man. Where are you at? I'm in Maryland, but I have friends in Georgia and Florida. Yeah, man, I'm in Pensacola. Come see me, I'll take you on a jump. Fuck yeah, we'll uh, we'll do a podcast free falling. Sure, we take <laughs> videos and everything. I got two GoPros on my hand, one for pictures, one for stills. You can scream all you want. The GoPros are getting pretty good these days. They will still catch you saying fucking free fall if you scream it loud enough. Good. Well, I, was say we... I can hear muffled screams on the back too. Yeah, so. say we get some mouthpieces. We could do a pod. We could do a podcast about something that has nothing to do with free falling. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm so what got you into the army? Well, when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> What do you do for fun? Yeah. I go grocery shopping without a list. Oh, that's cool. How's she doing, man? Well, I don't know if she's the kind of girl for me, but... Yeah. Bitch broke up with me last night. Oh, man. <laughs> Talk to me, buddy. It's like speed. Yeah. You can do speed dating, but free-falling. Not with yeah. us, obviously, but like you could... You do... better go out with me or I'm going to break your fucking legs, chick. <laughs> Mom, how'd you meet Dad? Well, funny story. Yeah. <sighs> All right, my man. Thank you for doing it. Let's um, let's absolutely do another one though. Yeah, man. Write down some questions or anything else like that. If if you post this on YouTube and people ask things, you write them down. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I will. Like yeah, that. I will. All right, dude. I appreciate it. All you right. Have a, you have a good one, buddy. Later. Peace.